Hello, Luke here. I would just like to take a moment to disclose upfront that we sometimes talk about sensitive topics in our podcasts, and in fairness to our audience, we will try our best to put specific warnings in the descriptions of each episode. Now on with the show. Well, you're dating, game and sleaze. Marriage ain't your thing, but I love you. You're dating, game and sleaze, oh yeah. You assassinate abroad, got the mole of the CIA upon you. You're dating, game and sleaze, it's a whirl. Shoot a commie, host the gong, get it on. Shoot a commie, host the gong, get it on. You're going to get us flagged for something. I know, right? <laughs> hey. That's good. I love it. Mark Boylan, you know, rest in peace. He can't get us in trouble, but his estate can. Uh, <laughs> bang a gong by T-Rex. Nice. And welcome to the Nostalgia Killers podcast, where we revisit films from our youth to see if they still hold up or should be inserted into the great DVD player in the sky. I'm Luke Loaned, joined once again by Char- Chuck Starzynski. Char Starzinski. Char Starzinski. <laughs> and Javier Martinez. Nice to be back. And this is our first Founders Edition, and it's uh, All About Me Day. Yeah. <laughs> because we watched one of my favorite films, probably my favorite film. Oh. Confessions of a Dangerous Probably Mind. the one. Yeah. The one. It's Luke's big special wow. day. He gets a big special round of applause, audience. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're clapping. I can't hear you. It's, it's all right. They're listening to the trailer. Perfect. My name is Charles Hirsch Barris. I've written pop songs. I've been a television producer. In addition, I have murdered 33 human beings. I talked to a psychic today, and she said that you were going to be very successful. A pretty girl asks three handsome guys questions, and she picks one to date. That's it. That's the show. His future was uncertain. I'm sorry about your show. Are you okay? I just want to entertain people. His every move was being watched. I could use your help. I work for the Office of Diplomatic Security. Is that the CIA or something? <laughs> Are you interested? I can teach you at least 30 different ways to kill a man, Mr. Barris. The edge of your hand against your adversary's Adam's apple. Dude! Mr. Goldberg! Hi, Chuck. I have a hole in my daytime schedule. It's the Gong Show! Perfect cover. TV producer by day. CIA operative at night. Think of it as a hobby. Something you do to relax. Thank you, Shane. I'm Chuck. Here you are, Chuck. Pleasantly surprised. You're not like the other murderers. When you lead two different lives, it's easy to forget what side you're on. Penny, Patricia, how'd you find me? Are you serious? This is what I do for a living. What does she mean? That's what she does. You're dead in my book. Do you want me around or not? Everything's complicated, Penny. You work for me. There's no backing out now. We let you in on everything. Drew Barrymore, George Clooney, Julia Roberts, and Sam Rockwell as Chuck Barris. Look who comes out of hiding. Someone changed sides. It's over. It's finished. Your history. 
Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. So, the short and sweet of it, this is an adaptation of the cult memoir of game show impresario Chuck Barris of The Gong Show, in which he purports to have been a CIA assassin. Mm-hmm. I have a sexy one that I wrote because okay. I was trying to find one. Because all the like IMDb ones are super dry. I was they like, are, they're pretty yeah. bad, yeah. A biopic about Chuck Barris, one of the most prolific television producers, game show hosts, and CIA assassins? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh. Well, yeah. I'll give you the driver's seat on this one since this is one of your favorite films, Luke. Ah, uh, sure. Uh, yeah. It is. I, I unapod- unapologetically claim this to be. One of my favorite films of all time. The one I rewatched the most, maybe. Mm. I, I haven't watched it in a while, but back over the last 20 years that it's been out, yeah, I probably put this in as my comfort film. It is the, it is, I love the, the two things, two genres I really love are, are noir, mm-hmm. which is, mm-hmm. this is a fantastic noir film, and the unreliable narrator. That, that'll get me every time, and this, this movie has both. I guess most noirs are like that, but. Yeah. yeah, no, no, I, I know as soon as I popped it in, like, you know, within like two minutes, I was like, oh, yep, I know, I know, you know, because, you know, from experience, I know, I know that uh, the noirs are kind of your thing. Like, so, ah. yeah, I was like, oh, of course. That, okay, cool. This I wonder is Luke likes this one. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was a random Netflix rental. Um, I didn't see it in theaters, but oh, yeah. I probably watched that rental DVD four or five times before I sent it back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, um, as discussed, in almost every episode, I was a filthy little video store rat, you know, <laughs> eating uh, popped kernels of like, you know, uh, free bags of popcorn, which I wish places still did that. Yeah. I mean, I understand the video store has to exist for places to still do that, but yeah, <laughs> you know, eating little free dirty kernels off the floor. Um, what if we had a popcorn store that, that rented videos? Ooh. <laughs> Holy shit, actually, that's a great idea. <laughs> it's like, no, 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 no. We're, we're a gourmet corn shop. <laughs> we right. also just happen to have 19 rows of DVDs. Right. Of, of dusty, well-used DVDs <laughs> exactly. that may or may not play. Yeah, exactly. No promises. Yeah, that, uh, that copy of Tinkerbell actually found it on 4th Street. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's going to play. Um, true story, actually. I just found a copy of Tinkerbell on 4th Street. And gave it to a friend as a gift. Uh, she used it as a coaster for a cocktail when I saw her. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, yeah, I rented this when I was 14 um, and absolutely loved it. I feel like much like Luke, I was probably very much in the very obscure niche for this movie because um, mm. I grew up watching reruns of the dating game and the newlywed game. Oh, did you? Did yeah. You really? So I was like, wow. more hype as a kid for that stuff. And I still I think I still am in the movie uh, for that stuff than the assassin CIA nonsense. Um, I remember being so caught up too in wondering if the story was real or not because I was mm-hmm. like 14 and you know um, being 14 at the time didn't have as much access to the internet as I could so like you know didn't really ever get my answers until I was a gr- grown adult person um, yeah this is a movie that I never owned for some reason but would literally get giddy when I stumbled upon it right on. like if I saw it at like a video store or like on a streaming service or something I'm like oh shit and then this is also the like one of the definitions of a movie that I will corner someone at a bar and talk their ear off about, like in the sense of like, it's like someone hasn't seen it. It's like an, like a knee slapping, like what? You haven't seen that? Oh my God. I'm going to tell you the plot and ruin it. You won't have to watch it. But uh, imagine seeing this with your eyes instead of smelling my like filthy, like for net breath. And uh, yeah. Nice. Um, yeah. My nostalgia with this film is that Luke told me to watch it. And so I did. 
Nice. Ah, yeah. No, I initi- never. So I, yeah. So I never seen it. Um, I never even heard of it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think a lot of people did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, so I, you know, I, I looked it up. I'm like, okay, you know, this looks interesting. You know, uh, didn't go too into, you know, too far into the IMDb page. Just glanced at it and I was like, all right, let me watch it. Yeah. So, so what did you think of it, and why is, and why is your answer? I loved it. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I joked a little bit earlier before the mic came on. This might be my last podcast for a different reason, but uh, <laughs> this might actually be my last podcast because I think Luke might kill me. Um, so I'll try to be, you know, let, let, me, let me start it off. Let me throw this out there. Good, I didn't hate it. I did not hate it. Okay. All right. I don't think it's garbage. I don't think it's terribly made. N- you know, none of that, none I, of that. I, right? I believe that's the opinion of most people. Actually, <laughs> you this know, is totally fine. I just, but you know, I I watched it and, you know, I was entertained watching it mm-hmm. and i think i just by the end i realized like that just wasn't my cup of tea sure is all it is you know just the same way that you know you know certain people aren't into whatever blood and guts or world war ii stories or whatever you know mm-hmm. like i think maybe just you know this kind of genre is not necessarily my cup of tea hey but, man we can't all love anthropomorphic ducks trying to have sex with pop stars <laughs> i get it you're preaching to the choir right here you know like i get it so yeah well, I'd like to take this moment to thank Javier for being on the podcast. <laughs> and then there were two. So anyways, Luke. Uh... <laughs> no, that's totally fine. I don't think this movie, are, I know it's not for everybody. Mm-hmm. And I, I know it's for a very specific people who came up at a very specific time mm-hmm. who will, I, don't, I mean, it's hard to say. I was telling Chuck earlier, I don't know anybody else, anybody else who's actually seen this movie. And mm-hmm. I, I didn't know Chuck had either. And I didn't know that he liked it. I don't know anybody else in the world. <laughs> who, sure who watches this and talks about it but i fucking love it yeah yeah and if you, if you watch any of my my films there's a lot of this movie in everything i make mm-hmm. I, just, I i find it very instructional sure I definitely yeah. see that yeah and i'm not you know again i'm, I'm not adverse to, to you know to, to, so to watching it again you know for example like you know if i was talking to somebody at a bar and they say oh, you know what i really like i really like noirs i really like you know x y and z kind of things i'd be hey well have you ever seen this movie? Because yeah. you might enjoy it. Sure. Um, you know, so for sure, you know, I would recommend it to, to people whose thing that was, or, you know, if I was scrolling through TV and had nothing to do and it came up, I wouldn't skip it. I'd be like, oh, yeah, let me watch, let me try to watch this again. You know, I would certainly give it another, another go. Right on. I'm glad, I'm glad you got to see it. I'm, I'm yeah. always curious to see what, what people think, because I have no, no barometer for it. Mm-hmm. I, I just know that I like it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Um, not not everybody has to like everything I like. No. Yeah, that's what my lawyers tell me to say. <laughs> so despite the crosshair, uh, you know, trained on Javier's just, brow right yeah, now. Yeah, not know. everyone has to, you know, it's... Pay no attention to the, to the red dot. Exactly. <laughs> this isn't a dictatorship. It's a podcast, you know? <laughs> let's, yeah. let's all have fun. <laughs> you know, can I, can, I, can I tell you about the, the two scenes that I really liked? Please. Um, oh, please you know, yeah. and, then, and then you guys can take the train from that, I'm sure. You guys have more to talk about. Um, but uh, the diner, what is it a diner or a restaurant scene? Um, where Chuck and the character played by Rutger Hauer, I forgot his name, the other assassin. Uh, yeah. Um, Keller, right? Kel- yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah, that sounds familiar. I'm pretty sure. Keeler. 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 Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, where they're having that conversation just before he offs himself. You know, yeah. he's talking about, you know, why do we do this? And he goes into the whole, you know, about why he's doing the, the game show host thing. And he's like, no, no, why do we yeah. do this? You know, um, that was so cool. I really enjoyed that. Pretty that good, was right? yeah, yeah. The, the the back and forth and the subtlety of some of the things they were saying, but also some of the things they were also overtly saying. Um, yeah, I really, I really enjoyed that. That was one. Uh, it kind of caught me off guard because again, up until that moment, I was like, okay, like this is fine, this is fine, and then I was like, oh, 
shit. Rick, so, Rick Hauer pulled a lot of weight in this film. Oh, absolutely. Just he was you know, not in it for very long. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. No, and it's some similarly also the ending scene kind of had the same effect where it was like, okay, now we're back to kind of this, you know. And then that ending scene hits about, you know, the three old men, the idea he has. Yeah. And just the way it ends, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Holy fuck, that was really good. <laughs> that was really good. That got me, you know, thinking. Um, so, yeah, so maybe, you know, I don't know if those two things have something in common, but for some reason, those two scenes were the ones that stood out the most to me. Sure. But I don't, I totally agree. I, I love those. I think the one like unifying idea or I don't know what to call it. Would you call it a deeper meaning? No. Would you call it the, uh, <laughs> no, oh, it's a sailboat award? I, I would call it an, uh, an auteurism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because this is George Clooney's first directorial debut. Yeah. I, I didn't, I never cared for the guy, you know, you know, up until this, this time, basically. For Clooney, you're saying? Yeah. Oh, okay. For okay. Like all, oh. the, all he was on TV, like mm-hmm. I was like, oh, he's a heartthrob or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then I, I watched this movie and I understood right away his love for film. Mm. and his attention to detail and his uh it it matches mine Mm -hmm. for sure and for me when i when i try to explain to somebody how to design a film that moves this film moves from beginning to end it is moving there's no Mm -hmm. no dead spots i mean as far as i can tell Mm -hmm. that don't mean anything it just i don't know no, no special effects. Everything's done in camera. Mm-hmm. The moving sets, you know, the the transitions and all that stuff. I just, I, yeah, I think that's like Clooney. Clooney coming on board for this is the unifying thing that makes this work, mm. especially for me. And he's barely in it. Sure, but it's yeah. not. It's not like I. I mean, I I enjoy watching the guy anyways, but his directing, mm-hmm. yeah, is his drive to portray. Because he also grew up in TV land. His 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 father was a game show host. Right, right. I did see that. Yeah. So like. He, he knew inside and out. He knew what the movie world was. He knew what the TV world was. He knew how to bring them together and display them and show them for what they were. And it's like well, the ultimate nostalgia. Mm. This also might be my last podcast because I've got some... I'll save, it for the, I'll save it for the hot take section, but uh got some conflicting ideas on this film. Uh, but um, I guess while I have the mic... Um, as far as favorite scenes, personally, because I don't slowly turn Chuck's mic down. Exactly, slowly kill me. Um, my favorite scene, hands down, is the dating game pilot episode as a whole. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and it's the round starts out with the round robin of the pilot. Like it's just like they film, you know, like probably three episodes of it or something like that, back to back, and it's just the round robin of severely like tongue-in-cheek innuendo and then very in-your-face dick jokes yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh i love it transitions to then getting torn apart in the boardroom like in the 60s it's like well, right. we can't have black men talking about blowjobs on national <laughs> television and then one of the other like guys in the boardroom has to go harry the issue isn't that he's black <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that was great <laughs> and then i love that that like the bow on that scene um is you get that like monologue from the fcc agent Mm-hmm. who is just like barrel of the gun in your face just you know you know it's a federal offense to say anything lewd or nefarious on television <laughs> and like just goes off it's a long ride long long car ride to like the facility da 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 yeah, yeah. oh so just good that, that one moment is my number one. Oh yeah that is the one thing i i watch over and over again because uh robert john burke yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i've never seen somebody chew up spit out and chew again the scenery in one take 
Like yeah. That. Um, and I laughed my ass off every time I watched that. I'm, I'm going to play a lot of the audio here just so people <laughs> can get some of it. Yeah, no, that's great. Before we begin taping today, I'd like to introduce you to Mr. Peter Jenks of the Federal Communications Commission. Okay. Thank you, Mr. Barris. I don't know if any of you are aware of this, but it's a federal offense to make lascivious remarks on a television network broadcast. The penalty for this disgusting, un-American behavior is one year in prison or $10,000 fine or both. Making a sick, submersive remark tonight will be arrested immediately. I then will personally escort the offender to federal prison for booking under edict number 364 of the Broadcasting Act of 1963. And it's a long drive to that prison, baby. Just you and me. No witnesses. Okay, have fun, buddy. All right. Yeah. Oh, I'll keep going. Yeah. Um, I say my number two is definitely uh, the Helsinki date with Bachelor number three. Mm. It's so fucking good. He's like charismatic and like winning her over in the game, and then it's Chuck. Chuck, do something. She's not talking to me, Chuck. Chuck, she thinks I'm gay. Chuck, tell her I'm not. Chuck, Chuck, it's your job. You're the one who brought us here. I'm cold, Chuck. Like, you're what kind of chaperone are you, Chuck? She's not even looking at me. And then he's like trying to do his uh, assassination mission and like meeting with his contact and Patricia and doing all this. And it's just like, you know, literally ices a guy and then has to be like, oh, hey, bud, uh, how, how you enjoying? Uh, he's like, Well, Chuck, I'm not having the best time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that guy, bless his soul. Like that character actor is fucking incredible. Yeah. <laughs> He might, yeah, not to skip ahead, but he might be up there for my one, the movie. Like, I just love him. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even think about those guys. I, I love the turnaround at the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then my final favorite scene um, is Chuck nude in the kitchen meeting Penny for the first time. Yeah. And I thought that was, yeah, it's just, it's great. Like, it's a fun little kind of intro and you start to see the chemistry there right away. And then you jump from that into the little kind of montage of not even first dates, but just like that pure lust of when you first meet somebody. Like mm-hmm. they're just like, you know, can't keep their hands off each other. They're having fun together, all of that. And then, you know, we get the dissolve. <laughs> <laughs> what was the quote? Uh, Life was great for a minute. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorite. Yeah. The very pregnant pause there. <laughs> <laughs> you got any more? Uh, those are my favorites. Okay. Yeah. So like, like I said already, the uh, <clears throat> Inspector Jenks coming in to play the FCC, I don't know what you'd call him, but like that whole speech, yeah, again and again, I, I don't think I could ever top it. I couldn't write anything ever as good mm, as that. Wow. Like that's, that to me is like, 
I, I wanted to, I want to see behind the scenes on the day they shot and see what George Clooney told him to do mm-hmm. and like what the other takes looked like. Cause it could have been dry as fuck. Mm-hmm. And then George could have been like, just go for it, John. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious how much he brought to that and how much the direction was there. Cause like, he's, he's the only one going that over the top exactly. in, in the movie. <laughs> and if you watch all of his other stuff, he doesn't do that. He's, he's very straight laced, mm-hmm. very right. button, button down actor. Sure. And uh, yeah, that's my favorite scene and probably of any movie of all movies. Wow. That's, wow. that's one I would go to right away. I noticed, uh, well, oh, okay. Well, it's not really my favorite scene, but like for nostalgia wise, all the camera edits. Mm-hmm. So instead of transitioning, instead of cutting to a new scene all the time with somebody else, whoever they're talking to on the phone or whatever, they just appear in the background because the set splits apart. Oh, I love that. That's like, mm-hmm. I have that later for like my Roger Deakins stuff. Oh yeah. And there's ton, yeah. tons of it in the film. And that, that's what I mean by a, a film that moves. It's mm-hmm. constantly moving. There's no, it's not stopping the cut. It's not stopping to turn around, do a reverse shot. It's like constantly just shoving you through this play. And I just fucking love it. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny that you use that, 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 uh, you describe it as a play. Cause I did, I did pick up on that. Like that's mm-hmm. at some point, I swear that was that ran through. I was like, you know what? This kind of seems like a play. And, and this, the way the way it's the way it's yeah, stage and is moving. So yeah, thank you for putting a word to yeah. Wow. And, it, and it's not inventive. It's been done in, in movies oh, for, sure. for forever. You know, especially to save money because mm-hmm. you don't have to have two sets. You just have one and then just move a flat outside. You know, and um, I just love that the inventiveness of it, mm-hmm. the fact that they walked into the film with that in mind. Yeah. You know, I just love it. Um, and I noticed this time there's a, a scene towards the middle. Or uh, I think it's the dating game gets cut and Penny comes home and she does the, the escalator gag yeah. over through the mm-hmm. window. And when she does it and falls over, you can see the camera shake because <laughs> the cam op is laughing because <laughs> I don't think that was supposed to happen. Um, I just love that. I, nice. just, I just picked up on it this time around. Chuck Barris attends CIA training with Jack Ruby and Lee Harvey Oswald. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw that. No, I didn't. So, I, so, so during the training scenes, they they track across and they show you that all the guys. Yeah, right, right. And you see Ruby and Oswald. Oh, I missed on that. On the name tags next to him. Oh, that's hilarious. And I at, at the end, he's like, he's like, all right, Jack. All right, Lee. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I totally missed that. That went over my head. It's like there's tons of those gags in this movie. Oh, that's funny. And if you're, you know, if you're not like looking for it or a student mm. to that kind of history and stuff, like all the conspiracy silliness that went on with those. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, that's funny. At the at the scene you mentioned, um, um, Keeler mm-hmm. and Barris meeting at the end. Mm-hmm. So we, so we know at the very end there's a, a drink switcheroo between Patricia and Barris, and they Barris wins. But before that happens in that restaurant during the voiceover, while Barris is still talking about you know spies don't have social meetings. Mm-hmm. If you watch them in the background, they take a drink and then they switch glasses oh. in, in front of each other. Mm. As like a sign of trust. I didn't miss. I mm. did miss that. Yeah, I missed it up every time I watched wow. this up yeah. until last night. Wow! So, oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah, I just love these little things, and it's is totally done. I think in the edit mm-hmm. because you can see a lot of it is when they, when you're looking at Chuck Barris, you see Rucker Hauer blurred out in the mirror in the background, mm-hmm. and for some of the the dialogue, you can see Rucker Hauer still talking, but there's no audio. So there's like there's a lot of editing that mm-hmm. went on there, but uh, that one the glass switching. It's like a foreshadow and yeah, a sign yeah. of trust. And I just, yeah, I fucking love it. I, yeah. I love watching this movie over and over and over. 
Because I'm going to see those yeah. things over and over. Yeah. No. And like you say, you just noticed it last night. So uh-huh. it's super cool that, you know, even as someone who loves this this film, you're still to this day. I've, like, I've never watched it yeah. this intently. Yeah. I, oh, sure. It's always yeah. been a comfort film. Yeah. And like, yeah, watching it to study it, I, I love it even more. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I mean, I love every scene in the movie. I can go on and on and on. <laughs> I didn't write down everything because I have a lot of other things later on. Sure. Do you want to slip anything else in before uh, Javi and I come in with harpoons? Oh, no. <laughs> not, not at all. And like I said, like I've never talked to anyone about this film, so I'm mm. very curious to see what my two, you know, best movie friends. Yeah. Think about it. All right, Ishmael, do you want to go in first? Or you want me to be Ivanhoe with? <laughs> <laughs> sure. No, no, I'll go first. I'll, I'll just say if I, I don't have any of the of, negative. Of the negatives. Yeah. For all this right. part. So yeah, go yeah, for it. Well, yeah. No, no I'll, I'll go first. Um, but let me say that. I don't necessarily see my criticisms of it as negative either, right? Like, again, I'm not like, oh, I didn't think it was bad or anything, right? I think end of the day just is just not my cup of tea, right? That's not something, you know, that the story itself is not something that I'm interested in. And so I guess just therefore, you know, the film itself wasn't interesting to me, Mm -hmm. but you know, like we've like, you know, I mentioned a couple of times and you were talking about, I do appreciate the things that were done in terms of like the, the, the cinematography and, you know, um, even some of the, the, the script X, Y, and Z. But I think, I guess, and I don't know if this fits into like a later category or not, but I guess if I had to say what my problem with it was, is that it didn't go far enough, right? I guess that's, so for me, I think personally, I would have enjoyed this film if it had gone a little bit farther. Um, You know, for example, after watching the movie and, you know, looking through the research and whatnot, and I saw that you know, Charlie Kaufman was not happy with what was done. And, you know, he's like, oh, there's a lot of stuff that they cut out that like, I was like, oh, that makes sense. Because when I was like, oh, I didn't seem that Charlie Kaufman-esque, right? I was like, oh, for sure. I can tell that they, he probably had way more zany shit in there. And like, you know, and I was like, oh, I think I would have liked, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. his version of it, you know, whatever they cut out or, you know, just gone completely balls to the wall with the stories of, you know, what else happened during his, you know, outings in Berlin and X, Y, and Z. Sure. Um, so I think that's just mine. You know, I wish they had pushed it more. I feel, I feel it was too in, in the middle. Um, or they could have just gone the complete opposite and made it way more serious and high stakes, you know, way more into the, oh my God, you're fucking killing people, you know, kind of, you yeah. know, versus somewhere in the middle where it's like, oh, he's telling this kind of story and it's kind of a fun kind of fantasy type thing. I, I think I totally agree with you. And me and Chuck were talking about this earlier. Mm-hmm. We, we wish we could see the the Kaufman script. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so what, I mean, this gets into a little bit later, but what happened was Clooney and Barris, Clooney brought Barris in mm-hmm. to make it more authentic. Sure. And they, they totally uh, took, took the rug out from Kaufman, changed his script, didn't tell him, made the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, my, my interpretation of that is that they didn't want to focus on taking it too far. Sure. Because they don't want to give away or if you if you went into more detail, it might be more answerable whether or not Chuck really was mm. a CIA agent. They wanted I think they wanted to keep that very ambiguous because mm-hmm. it's a, a unreliable narrator thing. Yeah. But yeah, I totally get it. I mean, like, I could see it going darker. Sure. But um I, I think they tried really hard to walk that line. Yeah. But from what I read, like all the things I read about Clooney and Barris, Clooney didn't even ask Barris whether it was real or not. Like mm. he, he didn't want to know. Sure, sure. No, so, no, and again, 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 I can totally appreciate that choice yeah. and, and having, you know, again, the film, I can very much appreciate the film. It's the end of the day. Sure. Not enough or, you know, for me. So Yeah, for me, like my biggest critique of the movie and like, I'll probably get more into it like in the nitpick section. Um, But 
for me, it's really just like, yeah, I the pacing of this film I have an issue with in the sense that all of the personal life stuff and all of the game show like kind of 60s like mania, all of that ramps and it's great. Um, and then it just feels like every time we get into um, a CIA scene that isn't necessarily, you know, the Keeler scene we touched on or mm. any of the Clooney correspondence. It just kind of like it slows down and lulls when it should ramp up. Like mm-hmm. there's scenes that me for me that should have more weight and more gravitas. And then they just kind of are like, oh, OK, like there's like the for me, it's like the bit like where he witnesses um, like Keller getting Keeler getting busted and stuff like that. And is like running from the KGB and all that. It just feels kind of it's it's treated very muted to mm. me. Like it's like he's in a KGB prison camp and being traded for another guy and mm. stuff. And it's just kind of like a little like it's treated kind of. Just like very mellow and passe. And then there's just like little things like that with the ramping where it's like, okay, he's like, and again, I would love to see the original Kaufman script because I'm curious to see like if there's a bit more of like a kind of like Aronofsky Black Swan thing going on where we're blending worlds a little bit more Mm. because everything I feel like he could have had so much more fun putting the two worlds together a bit more. There's only like a couple circumstances I can really think of where they do start to really meld. Like where his worlds are really starting to come down upon him Mm -hmm. because it's like a lot of like, oh, it's just like it's very cut and dry. Like it's like, oh, I need I do the CIA mission. I'm going to do the CIA mission. And then he comes back. And aside from like, you know, some little tongue in cheek stuff like tossing a gun over his shoulder or this and that. A lot of it is just like, oh, okay, now this is his complete separate life, which for me made Mm. it feel almost I took it the other way with that stuff. I took it like it as an audience member. I had more of an impression that, oh, the CIA stuff is made up it isn't real because it is kind of like yeah i was such a badass i went down to mexico my first hit was like i mean they show like later on some gritty stuff but it's like it was so clean yada yada and i know that it's part of being the unreliable narrator but it's like he just kind of comes back and isn't really like he throws up once and he's not he's just kind of like okay i'm gonna it's go too, back to producing the dating game smooth, yeah. it's too smooth with some of that stuff and then uh sorry for being bouncy uh <laughs> <laughs> caffeine is starting to kick in a little bit i think um but yeah, for me, that's like the biggest part. My biggest issue with the movie is it's just like I remember it being like in my like rose tinted nostalgic glasses. I just remember it being more punchy and just kind of being a bit more like, oh, whoa, this is happening. Oh, no, he's going to get caught. Oh, no. And then I was kind of maybe I set myself up for failure watching it this time around. I would think I was anticipating things that just weren't mm. in my that were just like false memories, basically. You need to watch it 50 more times like I have. Exactly. <laughs> no, ah. like that's so that's my big critique. Like, I still like this movie, um, but it is just one of those where I was like, oh, man, like I should be more, you know, worried about this guy getting caught or I, I should be more intrigued as to like, is he going to, you know, get off by the mole? Mm. And it just kind of was like, well, I don't think he is like he doesn't seem too worried about it. So I don't think he's going to get killed by the mole. I think um, because what the the one thing that we know they cut out of the Kaufman script was a, a drug addiction subplot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think the his going to do jobs was his drug addiction in this movie. And it started to give diminishing returns. Mm-hmm. And that's why he starts to get sweaty at the end. Mm. And, you know, it doesn't it doesn't satisfy like it did. Yeah. But he doesn't know what to do. And it's starting to encroach on his life, you know. Mm. Exactly. And then my other worst scene thing is just like, this is more like me coming at it with 2023 eyes. It's just things like, and I understand it's like based on a man's life. So it's like, well, if he was a piece of shit, 
character in the movie's got to be a piece of shit but it's just like little things like chuck blaming the girl he's seeing for getting pregnant like the other oh, page yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to get pregnant for yeah what the fuck fuck you <laughs> like how dare you stab me in the back like this <laughs> she's like you got me pregnant <laughs> yeah, you're trying to destroy me which is also comical and like i get it it's it's fun and then the other the one of the scenes that's just like no matter how many times even when i was younger and watching i was always like oh like just rubbed me so wrong as young chuck duping Tuvia into blowing him oh, yeah. <laughs> like that scene every time it just gives me hard icks like it just makes my palms sweat every time I'm just like no I, I loved all the movie theater shots where, oh yeah where, like, the, oh, the, yeah. Date, the dates mm-hmm. were like don't kiss me and, like, no all that stuff is great like and like that's the thing too is like all the like I'm not like trying to you know completely squash all the blatant misogyny and stuff like that but like all of that stuff like all of him being like a creep and like trying to like you know be a like a womanizer and all of that and kind of failing and like all that's like hilarious and great it's just like there's just a couple that are like a little icky yeah, yeah. <laughs> there is that and then i i noticed this time around um th- they have a or actually a kind of a positive polyamorous relationship yeah no i it's wrote that in my str- notes strange like i was like whoa they're poly they in the 60s they don't talk about it they just they just live it mm-hmm. like, all right but yeah that's uh those are my like negatives at the moment until we uh move on to the second act really i can totally see that yeah yeah i mean i don't see it but <laughs> <laughs> I, I i understand how you're wrong chuck but um no okay yeah you can keep talking no that's great i like i like i said i've never talked to anybody about this movie mm. and i think it's because most people don't like it mm-hmm. it, it doesn't doesn't uh connect with them i guess I don't know. Right. Well, you got to do. You got to use the the Chuck Starzynski method of cornering people, exactly, forcing it on them. Luke, that's how. Welcome to my house. That you can't <laughs> yeah. Put a microphone in front of your face. Yeah. Now dates love it. Let me tell you, <laughs> nothing impresses a girl like, hey, you want to come to my house and uh, we'll, you know, <laughs> we'll watch a movie and see what happens. And then what happens is me boring the shit out of them by being like, well, no, 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 you just don't. You, I, I understand where you're coming from, but um, if you could really just like, you don't understand. It was '84. They weren't doing this. This is revolutionary. Yeah. So, <laughs> anyways, um, so for this movie's cocktail today, uh, we have the Assassin's Teapot. So. For those who aren't in the room with us and can't visually see what's happening, I made three beverages, placed them in front of us, and then did a little, uh, like, three-card Monty, ball in the cup, what you will, uh, with the glasses so no one knows what they got. Directions for an assassin's teapot. Brew two glasses of iced tea and make one Long Island. (laughs) Which, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, very classic Long Island. It's uh, half an ounce of gin, tequila, rum, vodka, and triple sec topped with a little lemonade and a splash of cola. To serve, place the glasses in front of your guests and playfully swap the sugar cube around until no one knows which is which. <laughs> hey, Javi, is that, that skyline always been this beautiful? God, I think I could retire in this city. <laughs> Luke, when was that picture taken? That's a great photo, man. And why is it moving? <laughs> exactly. But no, um, yeah. Javi, uh, Javi won slash lost? I don't know. I, oh. I think you won, personally. Uh, Javi oh. got the Long Island. <laughs> oh, man, I... You know, I'm gonna be 100% honest with you. I I think you you skimmed me a little bit. Uh, there's not. Did you even test yours? You even drunk yeah, yours I mean, there's. Yeah. There's. You could have. You could have told me there's no. There, I mean, there's no alcohol in my. I did hold. I pulled the punches a little bit. Kind of like. All right. Like kind of like this movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he said Long Island. He meant LSD. It is a Long Island. Uh, I just I went very light on the pours because I uh-huh. was trying not to get anybody like sure. blackout. No, I, I can't even taste it, man. Yeah. I mean, and I finished it, so well. I can't let you try it. But it's just. just... I know. Ironically, I'm no. the only one who hasn't finished their drink, and because <laughs> I did end up with tea. Uh, this is a weird, quick non sequitur. <laughs> I. 
I can wake up 6 a.m., drink black coffee, the most acrid thing I can make, stomach it, be perfectly fine. I can wake up, take a shot of like 100 proof whiskey or shotgun a beer, be perfectly fine. If I drink black tea before like 6 p.m., <laughs> uh, the tannins in the tea actually make me super nauseous. Oh. Yeah. I think huh. it's kind of why I've never been a big fan of red wine either. Because like red wine, A, it's just never been my style. And then B, like just the tannins, like it's got to be like the stars have to perfectly align for me to be like, you know what? That is a nice glass of Grenache. Absolutely. He's just openly telling us how to poison him. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So actually, like I took like three sips of this tea and I started getting that little like kind uh -oh. of tannic yeah, yeah. tingle. And I was like, well, I don't want to feel sick. So I'm just going <laughs> to. No. For sure. I was actually, I was like. I also took a sip and was like, oh, God damn it. It's going to be a long not, day. Daddy needs his juice to get through. It's not the hot one. It's not the liquor. Well, thank you for the drink. It's delicious. You're welcome. Yeah, uh, it, was, it, was, it was a great, uh, a very on theme. I loved it. Exactly. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Well, let's go ahead and take our ad break. And we're back with Act 2, The Evidence Board. Trivia, making of behind the scenes, casting alternates, casting, casting. <laughs> uh, so this was, so this, this film had been trying to get made since the 80s. Mm -hmm. the, the rights were sold in oh, wow. 89 from Bear's book, I think, or even earlier. And Yeah, I couldn't find an exact date when I was looking. It just said late 80s, everything I saw. Yeah, mm -hmm. and like it got optioned and then it started to get made. Like people from Brian De Palma to... Mm. Um, yeah, I have a full list Go for of it. people. Yeah. yeah okay. So it. potential directors over the years, because this movie was just in development purgatory for like almost 20 years. Um, and I'm going to try and list them like oldest to newest. Uh, Jim McBride, PJ Hogan, Brian De Palma, Brian Singer, Darren Aronofsky, Sam mm. Mendez, and David Fincher all were like, fuck yes, sign me up. I want to make this movie. Mm. Never did because it just never left the ground. Hmm. It cost 30 million to make Clooney worked really hard to get it to that budget. He actually asked Julie Roberts and um, who else? Uh, Barrymore to like take a huge pay cut. Yeah. They got so, paid so scale they, so that they could actually, yeah. Fucking scale. If you can imagine that Clooney wow. too. To, I mean, that's what kind of passion project it was. Yeah. 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 Uh, Brad Pitt and Matt Damon make really brief cameos as bachelors. They have no dialogue, but they're there. Uh, <laughs> they were paid nothing. Yeah. Literally just like, we're like, yeah, man, we'll do it. We'll we'll roll in, just hang out on set for like a day. Sure. <laughs> um, as long as we're talking about like, yeah, the hoops that Clooney went through. Um, no one wanted, uh, except for Clooney. It was like his like you know his only choice as far as he was concerned. No one wanted um, Sam Rockwell. <laughs> Sam Rockwell. Yeah, thank mm. you. I was like stalling because I was like his name is written down somewhere <laughs> here. Uh, <laughs> Sam Rockwell to be in the movie. So. You know, went through Miramax and all of that to get it made. Uh, two of the things he had to do for Miramax and Uncle Harvey uh, were <laughs> he had to give away his first look deals uh, for a film that he was working on called Full Frontal. Mm -hmm. And then he also was forced to make a cameo in Spy Kids 3D, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> I think that's such a funny, like weird powerball move where it's like you're like, you know, puffing on your cigar as like an, an exec and you're just like how about this <laughs> we get you film uh, all right man i was really looking forward to doing full frontal but yeah man you can all right also 
What are you doing Saturday? <laughs> Johnny Knoxville bailed. We need you to do a silly voice and make a couple goofy faces for Spy Kids 3D. <laughs> oh, I don't know, man. That's kind of beneath me. You know, I was in out of sight. I was in <sighs> Spy Kids or we walk. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, uh, we touched on it already. But yeah, Charlie Kaufman was quite upset and dissatisfied with the final cut of the film mm -hmm. um, because yeah, Clooney went behind his back and hired script doctors and rewrote mm -hmm. several key scenes, which you mentioned actually one of the scenes you enjoyed the most was the ending. Uh, that was one of the biggest changes, ah. which I'm really curious to see what Kaufman's ending was. Um, Interesting. Kaufman has since forgiven Clooney. You know, it's kind of like, eh, it's Hollywood. It's kind of like mm -hmm. how he's chalked it up. But uh, he's completely disowned the film. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like he's like, ah, like, you know, obviously it's on his IMDb and stuff. But as far as he's concerned, it's like struck from his record. He's like, no, nope, I didn't make that. I had nothing to do with that movie. Yeah. Alternative casting. Yeah, I have one more quick little fun fact oh, for it. Um, the infamous, which like has definitely, I definitely saw it like on YouTube and Daily Motion before I saw it in this movie. But the infamous uh, Newlywood game clip, where yeah. it's like, where's the uh, craziest place like you've ever been asked to make love? Mm -hmm. And the woman says, in the ass. Um, <laughs> that was thought to be lost forever on the cutting room floor. And apparently, when they were like digging for archival footage to make this movie, and like kind of, there's a bunch of fun little like clips from like American Bandstand with Dick Clark and like all that stuff. Apparently they were like siphoning and siphoning and just trying to find like what they could use and what was cheap and like this and that. And I was just like, oh, whoa, can we take this uh, this scene that like should never have seen the light of day? Yeah. <laughs> so like we have that clip because of this movie. Oh, it's nice. pretty great. Nice. I didn't know that. Also, um, I don't know how true this is, but due to budget constraints, um, a lot of the scenes were actually just done in one take because they had to keep moving. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's 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 another like testament to the to the love of filmmaking is you mm -hmm. you figure out how to blend scenes together to save money because you save on setups. Mm -hmm. But like, there's that one like the one shot you're talking about when the when the dating game gets or was it the newlyweds gets picked up. Mm -hmm. Barris is coming back. It's dark. You know, welcome welcome back the hitman or whatever. Yeah. And then you know it's a surprise party. The camera mm -hmm. slowly tracks in. And there's a party going on in the background and everyone's celebrating and we that 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 TV show is on the television right, and that's where right. we go into fucking yeah. masterful man. Yeah. Yeah. No, the cinematography in this thing is fucking whew. Yeah. Uh we almost had Johnny Depp. Yeah. As Barris. Also almost had Ben Stiller. Ben, he was like ben he was like gunning. He was like in the running for a long time. <clears throat> and who is the other one? Mike Myers. Mike Myers was also <laughs> attached for a long time too. Um Yeah. Also, uh, like, because this movie, you know, 20 years of like, hey, we're going to do. No, we're not. Hey, we're no, we're not. Um, <laughs> through the pipeline, there was Russell Crowe at one point, Edward Norton, Sean Penn, Richard yep. Dreyfus too. Richard Dreyfus passed, though, because he was like, ah, I'm, I'm loving I'm hating Richard Dreyfus more and more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He said uh, he, he, he remembered Chuck Barris from his youth mm -hmm. and like, didn't like his. Yeah, he's like, oh, no, I'm not. Fuck that guy. <laughs> like, yeah. He's a monster. I don't want to play him. <laughs> what a diva. Yeah. <laughs> the role of uh, Patricia was also originally supposed to be played by Nicole Kidman, mm -hmm. but she dropped out. She, she dropped out of a couple of films. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She dropped out of um, Panic Room. Oh, really? She was, she was, they did like six or nine weeks of Panic Room with her, and then she injured her, her knee or something and had to. Oh, they wow. had to restart that over. Oh God! Yeah, that was that was on the rewatchables. That was, that was like a nightmare th thing to film. Like if Fincher was like ready mm. to fucking throw it in. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, you got any, you got I any just others? got one last one for alt casting because there was you know so many goddamn like iterations of this movie. Um, 
The last two I have are for the role of uh, Penny Pacino, who ultimately went to Drew Barrymore. I think she's fucking awesome in this. Mm-hmm. Um, but could have been Renee Zellweger and could have been Gwyneth Paltrow at one time. Yeah. Hmm. yeah, I thought I can't imagine either of them doing this. It would have been a very different feel, I think. Less yeah. fun. I think Drew, yeah. Drew Barrymore made it fun. Exactly. Yeah. No, she but, like, yeah, I can't picture like Gwen trying to be a cool, fun, poly 60s girl. Like that doesn't sound like... Renee either. They're just like not bubbly. No, not no. the way Drew is. Well, Renee would bring like that Bridget Jones thing to it, I think. Like yeah. I think she'd find a way. I feel like I had more faith in Renee Zellweger than uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, yeah, same. Um, early on, there's a reference to uh, Rosemary Clooney during mm-hmm. during the page uh, speech. That's uh, his aunt, George Clooney's aunt. She, was a, she was a singer for... Mm-hmm. Uh, Oh, was she? I yeah. actually know that. A little Hollywood royalty, a little well, nepotism. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like his father, Nick Clooney, was a, a TV show host, mm-hmm. uh, or game show host, and yeah. Rosemary was a singer in like, oh, okay, oh. Um, what do they call them, session bands? Yeah, mm-hmm. for TV and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so just just to run down the cast real quick, we have Sam Rockwell, George Clooney, Julia Roberts, Drew Barrymore, Maggie Gyllenhaal, uh, Robert John Burke, Rutger Hauer, and uh, James Urbaniak. Did you guys see James? Who is James in this? Yeah, was he was he the, the I don't know if he's an executive or what you call him, but he's the guy that told him his shows were canceled. Yeah, he's the messenger. Yeah. Don't, oh no, don't, shit. Oh, yeah, don't shoot the messenger. messenger. Okay, I yeah, I actually I loved that bit. Like yeah. I loved that character, and that was also like this movie. Like I guess, and we'll get into it in one second when we get to nitpicks. But that was just a big part of it. Like was like there's so many parts where I was just like, fuck yeah, they're gonna do it, they're gonna, and then it was just kind of like, oh okay, we're just I don't know. I felt like punches got pulled left and right. But I'm just being a little priss. Uh, <laughs> it's not my movie. I can sit down. It's all good. I know. Uh, Usual Suspects was an easy one. You already mentioned her. Um, Maggie Gyllenhaal, 40 Days, 40 Nights, directly in this movie. Hmm. Um, actually, one, uh, not, it doesn't tie directly, but um, Robert John Burke, um, unfortunately, <laughs> replaced uh, Peter Weller, Robocop, for the horrible Robocop 3. Uh. I'm going to be looping the music on this one. We have... Multiple, a lot multiple yeah. oh i know i just jumped in with my quick like i was like wait a minute i can yeah. make this free throw from here yep robert john burke was in yeah. uh robocop two and three was he in the second one? Oh, the third one the, third, yeah, the yeah. second and the third yeah yeah yeah. Uh-huh. no was it the second one or was it just the third one I think no third, just... no because he plays robocop yeah i know yeah it's got to be the third one because weller's weller's still in the second one right? i think yeah. so yeah. Right. i wrote yeah. it down wrong there's yeah. three and four i think oh okay. yeah yeah no the weller's the second one yeah and uh, he's also a good like four or five inches taller than Peter Weller. Yeah, so he didn't didn't fit in the suit. Oh no! Yeah, we <laughs> so actually. If you watch three and four, he's not in the suit very much, and you don't see it all the way <laughs> like a full shot because it's just got the top on. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Before this podcast, like a very early iteration that was like kind of like a video essay version of this, we actually. Uh, Covered RoboCop 3. It never made the light of day. So maybe we could release that one day for like the Patreon folk. But uh, we had a little show we were working on called The Movie Doctors. Mm, <laughs> fuck yeah, that's yeah. right. We, did we literally did RoboCop 3. And that was like one of the big reasons why that movie sucks is because <laughs> they got someone <laughs> who couldn't that. fit in the suit. And so like poor man, you know, shot a few scenes. And then it was just like, okay, seriously, like I am going to get like spinal injuries if I keep wearing this thing. <laughs> yeah. I am not wearing this fucking thing. So then like half the movie RoboCop is quote unquote powered down. <laughs> and so like, so like half the movie RoboCop's like sitting or lying down. 
And he's like, oh, I wish I could, like, protect the city, but I can't because my, like, CPU unit is damaged. I guess I'll fucking sit here even though I'm, like, an unstoppable cyborg. <laughs> All right, you guys ready for my list? Let's oh, do it. Oh, please. Let's do it. Yeah. All right, here we go. We got Robert John Burke doing that. Um, this one's kind of a loose, but Sam Rockwell did uh, Seven Psychopaths with Michael Pitt from Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal and Drew Barrymore were in Donnie Darko with Jenna Malone from Saved. There you mm. go. Uh, there's a lot of doubles in this. Maggie Gyllenhaal in Cecil B. Demented with Mink Stoll from Serial Mom and Ricky Lake. Mm-hmm. Uh, George Clooney and Robert John Burke are in Good Night and Good Luck. Have you guys seen that? Mm-hmm. Not in a long time. I, I recommend it. It's, it's actually pretty important uh, for, for journalism. Mm. Like It's like talking about uh, the love of cinema and the film. They're in... Good night and good luck with uh, Ray Wise, who's in RoboCop. Nice. One of the thugs. Okay, Julia Roberts and Daniel Zacapa, who played Renda. He was the, the guy, the Mexican man who was assassinated. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were in The Mexican with uh, Bob Balaban from Ghost World. No the, shit. The dad from Ghost World. Mm. And as well as Brad Pitt. Right, Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt was in there. Mm-hmm. Rutger Hauer was in Blade Runner with James Hong from Big Trouble in Little China. Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah, Rutger Hauer was in Sin City with Josh Hartnett for 40 days. Okay, okay. (laughs) James Urbaniak was in Legally Blonde 2 with Luke Wilson from Blue Streak. (laughs) Nice. Uh, Michael Ensign, the uh, the spy boss in this movie. He's the older guy in the car. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. He was in Titanic with Billy Zane, who's in Back to the Future. Uh, Michael Ensign also in Solaris with George Clooney and uh, Lauren Cohn, who's not in... This movie, but she's in Secretary with Maggie Gyllenhaal. That's kind of a, a loose link there. And then I went into Drew Barrymore, and it's just all over the place. <laughs> Not all over the place. She just has a lot of connections. She's been in a lot of big, big movies. Oh, yeah. She's been doing it since she was like yeah. nine or something. So Drew Barrymore was in Wayne's World with James Hong from Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah, I don't know if you remember that. Who is she in Drew, Wayne's Drew, she's, World? She's the, the dream girl, uh, Thurgan Bjorgen or whatever. Oh, really? Oh, shit. And then James Hong is um, uh, Cassandra's father. No way. Jeff. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen Wayne's World in a long time. Yeah, that was Wayne's World too. Drew Barrymore was in Scream with Matthew Lillard from Serial Mom. <laughs> uh, she was in Best Men, which I never saw, with Luke Wilson from Blue Streak and Sean Patrick Flannery from Boondock Saints. <laughs> she was in Home Fries, Luke Wilson, Blue Streak, and John Hawks from Rush Hour and Blue Streak. Right, right, oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> <laughs> he's in the, I didn't even know who he was until I started looking this up. He's in a lot of our fucking movies. Oh, yeah. John Hawks? Yeah, he's in most yeah. of our movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. She was also in Charlie's Angels with Luke Wilson and Crispin Glover from Back to the Future. <laughs> and uh, I kind of like, my eyes started crossing at that point. I just quit. Yeah, I was going to say, I know you were like, yeah, I did a lot of research on this one. And you were like, I went down a rabbit hole. And I was like, oh, <laughs> hell yeah, you did. <laughs> it went on and on. And there's there's, there's probably more. But this, mm-hmm. this, oh, yeah, I, yeah. I started going by ones that I had watched and knew. Yeah. So instead of like digging and digging because sure. it would never have ended. Yeah, exactly. And then especially like I'm sure like when you get down to some really nitty gritty, there's like got to be like some ER early Clooney crossover with people for I, sure. I, I stopped doing TV stuff because everyone's done TV. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to try to do things where people are actually on the same show together. That is the exact episode. Yeah. You know, and then mm-hmm. like spoke to each other, interacted. Yeah. I don't know. It's all for fun. And then, uh, well, 
well, we haven't done this one, but I was just, I was just curious, just a side question that kind of has to do with this a little bit. Um, was Oceans before this or after this? Oceans was right before this. Okay, okay. So that's, okay. that's why Brad right, Pitt right. and Damon were there. Yeah, right, that's right, also right. how he like convinced Julia Roberts to be in it too. Right, exactly. Uh, that's what I was curious. I was like, oh, is it? Yeah, a lot of people from that movie are in this movie. Sure. Which is kind of funny. I like to think that George Clooney just doesn't act. Like that's just who he is. So oh, I'm, yeah. he just he's, he's one of those guys up. For sure. He's one of those guys for sure. Yeah. He's like Roberts. I got a job for you. Putting a crew together. <laughs> for, for for those movies, he very much is George Clooney. Yeah. yeah. Um. He's he's not. I think in Michael Clayton or The American, those are the movies he's acting, mm -hmm. and that's as far as he gets from himself. Like, <laughs> yeah. He definitely doesn't have like. I mean, no offense to Clooney. I think yeah. he's he's pretty solid in most stuff, but it's mm -hmm. like he definitely boy does not have range. Yeah. yeah. He's like, yeah. do you need me to be cool? But he also he, he gets paid more to be himself. Exactly. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. Why yeah. would you like? Yeah. Why stray? Yep. Uh, nitpicks. Thanks. I hate it. Yeah. Go for it. <laughs> Go for it guys. Um, well, like easy one, like fish in a barrel stuff is just like all the fucking misogyny. <laughs> like just all the like, yeah, already kind of touched on it. But yeah, like tricking a child into blowing you, uh, you know, like just all that kind of fun stuff. Um, my biggest nitpick is, yeah, it's main. It's just me. Like, I just remember this movie incorrectly. I just remember it just being a little bit more punchy. Um, I just again, I feel like the pacing is a little off in this one. Like there's certain bits that don't hit because I feel like they just need to be either edited slightly differently or just put in different moments of the story. Like there's a whole bit where like you're, you know, he's a womanizing fuck and Penny comes home and catches him with the woman, like his secretary and all of that. And it's like, it is like sad and whatnot. And it's like, you need to like, you know, I just go do this somewhere else. This is our home. This is the life we built together and all that. Mm -hmm. And then that is followed with a really strange, um, montage of clips of drew barrymore and him together clips of like julia roberts and him together yeah yeah and it was like a it should have been like more of a dark night of the soul with him looking at like oh this is the woman i love and then this is like all of the people that i fuck around with kind of thing because it was like julia roberts she's in this movie and she does a great job but she's not in this movie that much so there was like when they really went for her as like his like oh do i pick like door one or door two kind of thing i was like how much time have you spent with this woman that you're like that hung up on Julia Roberts? Um, and again, we're nitpicks, so it's a nitpick. Um, well, I, I think that that went on. They tried to use that to show the two different sides of his life. Yeah. The, for the most part. It wasn't I even, think so. Right. She was in connection with the second life he was leading. Mm -hmm. like a, but again, I just I don't know. I felt like some of it just wasn't. I just wanted it to be tighter, stronger. So that was like my big thing. And then um, this is two actual nitpick nitpicks. Um, Keeler is introduced as a severe drunk and someone you need to watch and babysit. He is so put together the entire movie. Like, well, that, that, that shows you how much Patricia is a liar. Exactly. Like, a manipulator. Like, yeah. But it was just like one of those things of like, I was like, oh, I didn't see this man take a single drink except for that scene where they, you know, yeah. are in the diner together. And then um, this one is like, this one got me a lot. Uh, the fucking saturation and exposure choices like are distractingly like jarring. Um, I get what he's going for when he's doing the softer washes in like flashbacks and stuff like that. But the one that I was like, oh, man, this, this just feels like bad film school stuff was the weird saturation and overexposed washes on like current day interviews. Mm, okay. I don't know if that was meant to have it be like a, well, this thought, is separate from the film and kind of dreamlike or something. What, well, I thought that was the documentary part of it. Yeah. They tried to separate it. But it was know. just a weird choice for yeah. that because I was just like, oh, this is like. Like, it's like Dick Clark is not the palest man in the world, but I can like <laughs> barely see his skin. This is such a weird exposure choice. And sure. like, you can yeah, see that. 
that was like a big thing for me as far as like, I was like, what are we doing? And then it would like, and I'd just get thrown off because then it would like go back to, you know, quote unquote current day in the film, like as far as like the 60s or whatnot. I'd be like, okay, mm-hmm. like here we are. And then just like, yeah, I don't know. It just felt very like, as ah, sepia is not necessary every time, kind of like a mentality sort of thing for me. And again, these are nitpicks. Yeah, that bothered me initially. Um, but then as the film went on, it kind of. Yeah, I, I got I, used I to it for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like when they yeah. do like the final ones, like where they actually show um, Chuck, like the mm-hmm. real Chuck and stuff like that. I was like, by then I was broken in and I was like, OK, this yeah. is fine. Right. I was the end of the movie, man. I know. That's, what I'm <laughs> by the end of the that's movie. when I had settled. <laughs> Jesus. Fine. I'll accept it now. Exactly. <laughs> no, it's over. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't, you know, like I said, said earlier, I don't really necessarily have nitpicks. Um, just not my style of movie. And, you know, I, I guess my other thing is that I, I wish it had gone more kooky or more extreme. Sure. Um, or taking itself way more seriously. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, I don't have anything. That's what I figured. I was like, <laughs> I mean, of course, I, I look through. I look at this through rose-colored glasses. Uh, you know, it's yeah. Just, There's it's, no, it's no, not no, even the yeah. nostalgia for me. I look at it as like nearly a perfect film. You look at it through uh, rose-tinted, oversaturated, uh, overexposed <laughs> glasses. <laughs> well, I was, was going to answer you to that. I, I did read some stuff about what they chose and why. Yeah. Because it's actually period-specific for the decade. Because we go through like 40 years. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. I mean. Oh, no, no. I, I, I saw what they were going for. And I saw, some, I saw that stuff too. I just, as a little nitpick, that's all. That was just kind of my thing. I was just like, sure. I see what you're going for. I don't like it. <laughs> the, I think it's I think it's more inside baseball too. Yeah. For, for Hollywood stuff, like for Clooney and, and Barris, mm. who are mm. have been around television and and filmed that long. It's like an inside joke for them. Not a joke, but like it matters to them sure. more than mm-hmm. anyone else watching. Don't worry, we're not gonna sit here and force you to nitpick through yeah, your exactly. favorite film, Luke. <laughs> I, That's I what really, we're here for. <laughs> I really couldn't think of like a category to nitpick. Like I couldn't I couldn't I mean there's misogyny. Mm-hmm. But there's also very strong female characters in this. Oh, yeah. No, that's also kind of like it was a nitpick because it's like the misogyny is a necessary because it's a portrait of a man's life. And it's like if he was a piece of shit misogynist, then you got to cover that. You can't Mm -hmm. like you would be doing a disservice to wash over that. And then, yeah, I agree. Like the female leads are really strong. Like there's no like damsels in distress by any means. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just I just thought it was pretty well balanced. Mm -hmm. Well told. I'm always entertained by watching it. So. Um, all right, let's take our second ad break. Yeah. And we're back with Act 3, the award category. Now, as always, we'd like to start out with who won the movie. Yeah. Um, Best performance, most scene chewing. I feel like there's there's a few people who could get this, but I mean, it's just one of those. Like, it has to go to Sam Rockwell, in my mind. He's so hmm. perfect. He, he fucking physically looks like the guy he's portraying too. He looks a lot like Chuck Barris. Yeah. Mm, I'll be honest, I didn't look into that. Does he actually? Yeah. 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 Okay, um, and yeah, I see why Clooney went to bat so hard for him. Mm-hmm. Also, like, I'm so glad Sam Rockwell got this movie because he was in some stuff before this, but this was like right around the time he took off. So I feel like this was kind of like almost a launch. If this movie wasn't a success, he at least had like, you know, some very powerful people behind him being like, this guy needs to be a star. Mm-hmm. Like he's got, yeah, Julia Roberts and Clooney going to bat for him like mm. time after time. And so it's like, okay, like we'll, we, we'll cast this guy. We'll give him a shot. I think it was, I mean, uh, Clooney and Barris wanted Rockwell. Yeah. And I forget which one of them it was, but they said, you can't have a famous person playing another famous person. Yeah. That was Clooney. You, you, that was like his big someone, thing. Yeah. And like Rockwell was about to break, you know, you know, get become a star. And this mm-hmm. kind of launched him mm-hmm. above that, you know, which is good. I'm a huge Sam Rockwell fan. Yeah, I everything he's in, I'll trust it. 
I'll watch it. You know, it's so funny. I I discovered him like super late and I'll be honest. I can't remember what movie, like I, like I, I think I saw him in two movies prior to, you know, quote, quote, discovering him and the two movies that he was in, I, I, I didn't enjoy particularly now. And I, and I mm-hmm. kind of almost blamed it on him. Cause I was like, who the fuck is this guy? He's just <laughs> fucking annoying. And then I saw him in like, I don't know, whatever, like three billboards or something. And I was like, holy fuck this guy, or not even, maybe it was. Green think, Mile or something, I but think, I saw. I him think as, most people's exposure to him was Green Mile. Yeah, and, and I was like, like, "Wild shit, Bill." This guy's, and then he's very, very, yeah, not not really his character, right? right not right. his demeanor, very uh, outlandish, yeah, yeah, yeah. character yeah. for him. And now, and everything I've seen him in since, I was like, "Oh, he's fucking amazing!" Yeah. fucking amazing. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm I'm gonna give it to uh, I was gonna give it to Robert John Burke for that just for that one scene mm-hmm. as the FCC guy, but I also want to give it to Sam Rockwell's ass. <laughs> oh yeah, which makes uh, uh, far many more appearances than uh, Robert John Burke. I know. Yeah, like four times. Four times. That's the count. <laughs> I, I, I I made sure to note it. You got, I was like, oh, you got shit, eight cheeks like... written down. All right. Yeah. Uh, he hangs cheek, doesn't hang dong. But yeah, I think that's probably where uh, 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 John Claude Van Damme and uh, Tommy Wiseau maybe got their uh, or no, well he would have got from Van Damme because Van Damme yeah. before. Yeah, that's right. He was caked up in Time Cop way before. <laughs> I, I had, um, honestly, I mean, I had George Clooney winning in just the sense that, like, mm-hmm. you know, it was a, it was a well made film, right? Yeah. Um. So I, as a director, right? Um. And it was it, it wasn't his debut, was it? It was his first. It was his first. Right. Okay. Movie, okay. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. I just wanted to double check. Um. So you know, in that sense, I'm like, hey, for being a debut, like, you know, I mean, even with having like that already established, um, star power, like, mm-hmm. yeah, I thought, you know, I thought it was, I thought it was well done, and so, you know, and. As always, I I do enjoy seeing George Clooney on screen. I think he's great, um, no matter what he's in, even if it's even if it's the same guy, you know. Yeah. Um, I think he's great. Um, <laughs> and you know, um, I could tell that that was something that you know the the subject matter was something that he was really interested in, like mm-hmm. you know, that didn't come out in the film. And so, yeah. you know, I was like, you know what, this guy did what he wanted to probably, and he had a great time, and he looks good. So I had yeah, you know, I had George Clooney. Um, right on. Yeah. Nice. Uh, my new band name. <laughs> I've got a lot as per usual. Yeah. I feel like this is one of my favorite categories, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was thinking about it the other day and it's a, uh, it's a marriage of, cause from the rewatchables, it's the, uh, racehorse name and most quotable line. Mm-hmm. So we, we put those together ah. in this one category and I think it works pretty well. So it's fun to do. Uh, go for a check. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've got, I was saying anyone can butt in at any point. Uh, cause I do have quite a few. Uh, my first one is Tuvia hates strawberries. Uh, they'd be a jam band, like in the vein of like Fish or like the Grateful Dead or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, very obvious reference on that one. Uh, <laughs> which I do love that that's like a bit is like they keep calling them strawberry dick and stuff like that. And I love that. I don't love the scene, but I do love that. Like the whole thing is like this is what he's known for and y- yada yada. This woman hates strawberries though, so it's like it's not a it's not a good thing to be known as strawberry dick because it's like oh it's clearly we didn't have a good time. Um, Perry Como the ape, uh, he'd be a backpack rapper, um, kind of like Adele the funky Homo sapien kind of thing. That's in reference to uh, when Penny starts telling Chuck about one of her dreams, and he oh, gets like right. he yeah. gets fucking wigged out, and she's like whoa whoa whoa. She's like we are not a couple, we are still just fucking. I just wanted to tell you about something that just happened to me. That's all it is. <laughs> Take a breath, guy. <laughs> Montessori's revenge. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, they'd be, uh, yeah, like kind of like a Vampire Weekend style, like kind of yacht rock like sort of scenario. Um, I do love that reoccurring bit that she just like gets her words mixed up and can't pronounce things. Yeah. The assassination enthusiasts. Right. They'd be a hardcore punk band. 
Because that's like one of the reasons uh, why Clooney justifies why he, he's like, I don't know why I keep calling you. And he's like, well, clearly you're an assassination enthusiast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, poisoning Patricia. They'd be like a metalcore band. Mm-hmm. They would open for like Asking Alexandria or something like that. <laughs> Helsinki is wonderful this time of year. Uh, they'd be a very like avant-garde kind of eye-rolly like we do 13-minute songs um, where the only lyrics are humming, like that kind of thing. <laughs> I can, can one-up you there. I wrote down especially the snow. And like yeah. just you'd have to know the movie to get the reference. To get that one, yeah. <laughs> that would be like just that one little push over the edge for those guys. <laughs> And then my final two, and again, anyone can butt in. No, um, <laughs> my final two are better get cracking. Uh, they would be like a like two piece black keys kind of band, mm-hmm. <laughs> like a you know blues rock revival. Uh, and it's one of my favorite quotes in the movie. Is Harris is like, hey, hey, man, I'm like, you know, I'm in my early 30s. I already got two shows on television. Da da da. Like, give me some slack. And Clooney hits him with. Well, Jesus was alive and dead by 33. You better get cracking, bud. <laughs> um, and then my last one, couldn't think of a fun band name, so it's more of a song title. It's uh, Leave the Microfilm In, Baby. I got the same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, was one of my, that was my favorite interaction between uh, yeah, Rockwell mm-hmm. and uh, Roberts. I have a constant inarticulate rage. <laughs> that's a good one that's a like one of my favorite set of three words ever written mm-hmm. down or spoken um probably a punk band and then uh life was sweet for a minute yeah, yeah. that's the it's on the level of uh, little did he know exactly you know in literary terms yeah but uh that's all i got like that's you got i guess but especially this no I, yeah I, I, that's again yeah. like I've watched this movie so many times i every time i write start writing a film i have to keep those words from getting in there yeah mm. <laughs> i mean it can be it can be a little callback um there's yeah. two i didn't write down but like i wish i would have actually i just i took notes on paper did not get, make it to my uh phone where i do my little podcast notes that come out of my mouth um <laughs> but the bit that you touched on early on like where it's like uh the old game mm-hmm. yeah that yeah. is like oof. that one gives me chills every time and then the intro monologue about like what do i have to show for like you know a life not lived and like all of this kind of stuff and uh yeah it's right up there with the like you know things were sweet until they weren't mm-hmm. um i had uh strawberry lollipop nice <laughs> i had to, yeah i was like that's Ew. the first one that popped in my has to be you know on there um no idea what genre they'd be but it just it's it's up for grabs yeah um the gong show um, just obvious the name of the show, and that actually I wonder if that actually that actually might be honestly something. But I, there's got to be some Gong Show references out there because that thing was so iconic. Like, yeah, I have never seen an episode, but my mom would reference it all the time. Like, so just funny. like, yeah, yeah. My name is Chuck, so she'd hit me with like the unknown comic, like, hey, Chucky, 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 kind of thing all the time. <laughs> oh joy, yeah. And I was just like, you know, I'm like. Dude, I'm like six. I've not seen this show that got canceled in 74. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know what we're going for here, but yes. Um, and it's definitely a ska band, by the way. And I got three old guys. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Uh, updated movie title. Absolutely fucking not is my uh, answer to that. <laughs> um, uh, unless you want to pull like one of the quotes we just spoke from. Um, I say, no, dude, it's literally the title of the book. It's also a great title at that. It's like one of my favorite, like just confessions of a dangerous mind is like such a like oh what the yeah. f- what is that i think that's probably why i rented it as a 14 year old i was like oh what is that yeah yeah i mean i don't i mean i don't think it needs an alternative title you know like, like you 
kind of like like Chuck. I mean, when you specifically, you know, when Luke, when you said, "Hey, we're gonna do this film," mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, that sounds cool," right. you know. So definitely, it's a, a attention grabber. I mean, I know on the question we have, like, what would it be if it was released today? So that's kind of the way I took the, mm-hmm. the this question here. And so I was like, if it came out today, like the movie studios would probably call it like the game show host. They would just be like straight, you know, because yeah. there's, there's a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Just like, oh, it is what it is, kind of thing, you know, like yeah. the house, the you know, whatever. So yeah, I figured the game show host, you know. Um, I always thought the original title was great too, but then rewatching it this time, I realized how many references they did to Nabokov and Carlyle mm-hmm. and Shakespeare. Yeah, um, I, I just wrote down "I am disposable." Yeah, like, that, oh, that, that was that would, that would be a catchy. That was a quote I definitely wrote down for sure, but that is yeah. beautiful. Yeah, well, that's great. All, all the information I have about myself is from forged documents. Yeah, I just fucking love mm. that. Ugh. That's like a throwaway line from Nabokov too. He wasn't really. I don't know. I tried to look it up and it was, it's, it's couched in a bunch of other stuff, but yeah, all the literary mm-hmm. references in this are all like, they mm-hmm. normally like some, they make my eyes roll. Uh, yeah. Like one of my least favorite things in departed is like Mark Wahlberg's like, what the fuck brings you here chief? Like that. And DiCaprio's like, well, you know what they say? Families are always rising and falling in America. Like kind of thing. I'm like, what the fuck does that have to do with you wanting to be a cop? Like, get out of here. Go. No. I would also like hit him with the like South Boston, like, eh, fuck you kind of thing. Because <laughs> like, no, that's not an answer. I think there was the, the one guy at the bar, the fuck you guy. Yeah. He had, the, he had kind of a Boston accent. He also kind of, you know, had that like very like, okay, well, this is a weird condescending one-sided yeah. pretentious <laughs> conversation you're putting me in. Fuck you. <laughs> um, Roger Deakins would be proud award for cinematography. I feel like you have the entire movie. So if you want to do uh, your greatest <laughs> hits, but otherwise, uh, yeah. if you want to start it, Avi, if you've got a few. Um, no, honestly, I was going to, I actually, the, the the one scene that did stand out to me, you already touched base on, sure, which was yeah. the, you know, the, the zooming again, in yeah. on the television uh, yeah. in the corner. Yeah, that was, that was really cool. And I enjoyed that. Yeah. I just love the storytelling. I mean, mm-hmm. when, when you're forced to be creative with a lower budget, you're forced to be a little more creative with your storytelling. And that's obviously what happened here. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I love it. Yeah. The cinematography in this is like at an expert level operation. Uh, my two favorites that I wrote down are there's the one shot of Chuck touring the studio, asking to become a page, becoming a page, leading a tour, and then eavesdropping on the two girls in the break room. Uh-huh. Mm. That's just like masterfully done. Yep. It's yeah. so good. You covered, you know, a week, two, exactly. two weeks in one shot. Yeah. And it's like one of those, there's clearly no cuts. Like, it's clearly just like, all right, Rockwell, like you're going to go over here. Like, we're going to throw a coat on you. You're going to walk this way. We're going to throw a suit on you. And then, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, fucking that, that, masterfully done. That took one day to set up. Exactly. A couple hours to shoot when it, when it could have been easily been 10 setups mm-hmm. and, and more. Yes. That's just so good. And then uh, the other very specific one is we've already talked about how like they kind of use the flats almost like you would in a play Mm -hmm. uh the phone call with goldberg Mm -hmm. uh where he's in his room and um you know gets the announcement that they're gonna pick up the dating game Mm -hmm. um the wall you know he just steps over as they like shift the flat and you see the boardroom Mm -hmm. and then to add kind of the fun of that which is is one of those things like wish this was in it a little bit just a touch more like in some of the cia stuff uh because all the like fucking game show stuff is so great um penny is literally dancing Dancing through yeah his boardroom and it's just like yeah Yep. Oh, it tells you everything. Yeah. Everything you need to know of like, you know, how supportive she is of him and like all of that. It just fucking plays. It's so good. Mm -hmm. Yep. I have that as that's the first one I wrote down is the phone call with Goldberg. Um, The dating game idea pitch when Mm -hmm. uh, 
Ferris freaks out about the relationship thing. He's staring at the mirror mm, and it just yeah. goes into his eyes. And then they move the scene. Beyond. I think they do an actual post switch. Mm-hmm. It's not an actual in camera thing. Mm. But yeah, it's, it, it switches to him in the boardroom pitching it to um, the same guy, uh, Goldberg. Oh, you know what? Also, the sorry, real quick. The, okay. the, the scene where he comes out on stage and he's like, I'm ready. Take me now. Something to that effect. And then you have the guy in the rafters <laughs> like, yeah, that. And then everybody just comes in um, and starting back to the, you know, doing their little, the, the song and dance and everything. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that was, yeah. Yeah. It's this fucking tense moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what would you do if you're, if you're host, your writer, your creator had a mental breakdown in the yeah. middle of hosting <laughs> your show? A few of you know he's got a gun on him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> I just noticed uh, this time too the the new house. I'm pretty sure they're doing a drive up Mulholland Drive. Oh, really? Yeah. That's so that that road that they're driving up. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a pretty famous road. Yeah. Mm. And then one of my favorite shots that I've always loved. It's not even I don't know. Probably doesn't even stand up that much. But the Jim Bird on the diving board at the end. Oh yeah, the blood sinking into mm. the pool. Oh yeah, so good. Yeah, that's true. Yep. Yeah, just that, that stuck with me. I think the first time I watched it, it's like, wow. Um, yeah. I mean, there's there's so many more. The whole the whole film is really really well done, thought out, problem solved. Yeah, they, they solved a lot of problems. It was and it looks mm. great. Yeah, it's like just, any issues I have with the movie are not with the cinematography and the set design and like shot layouts by any means. Yeah, <laughs> right. And I I just love the noir aspect of it. Mm-hmm. As he gets deeper and deeper into the killing, it gets more and more noiry. Like the, yeah. the the noir surf guitar is music kicks in. You yeah, know, oh, yeah. Like the theme song for this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just you just lean into it <laughs> as yeah. hard as it'll fucking go. It's like as as masochistic as you can be. <laughs> um, is that Channing Tatum in a dog collar award? Yeah, awarded to unexpected cameos or bit parts. Yeah. Um, so I know we've already mentioned a couple, so I got the, the two that I, I'm pretty sure I haven't mentioned yet. One, Michael Sarah. Yeah, that's mine. Strawberry I saw yep. I was like, that, that's, you know, I had to Google it. I was like, that's, that, that's absolutely Michael Baby Sarah. Baby Michael yeah. Sarah. Like, he's like, got to be like 12 or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. he's oh, yeah. so young. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I think the next thing I saw him in was Arrested Development. And I was like, yeah. five <laughs> or six years later. And exactly. Yeah. Like, geez, yeah. I didn't think he was that young in this movie. And, uh, and I got Richard Kind, too. Yeah, which, which actually that kind of upset me because then I thought, oh, he's gonna be in it for a little bit, and then yeah. he wasn't. And I, was like, I know. I was like, damn it! <laughs> got Richard Kind blue balled. I love yeah. Richard yeah. Kind oh, so much. Oh, yeah. the, the other movie title I, I thought of but didn't write down was "If I Had a Hammer." Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had a hammer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Michael Sarah. We got Brad Pitt, Matt Damon, mm-hmm. and Robert John Burke. Yeah. Um, have either of you guys watched Tombstone? Not in years, but I will be your Huckleberry. Have you ever seen? No, that's uh, the one with um, uh, Kurt Russell. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Tons of people. No, yeah, I know, um, I know of it, but not. But uh, Robert John Burke's in that too. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, it's a great. Oh, we, I really hope we get to do that. I'm pretty sure uh, Taylor would like to do. Oh, we'll do it. Don't worry. Kurt Russell. Yeah, I've seen him in a couple other things too. Like he's one of those guys that just will pop up too, and like, yeah. like oh, yeah, yeah, that's that guy. Yep. Hmm. Um, that's all I have for that. Um, oh, it's uh, a sailboat award. <laughs> uh, themes. I don't. I I have too much fun watching this movie to analyze it for themes. Honestly, this is my favorite thing about the movie is like the kind of and this is what I have for like a deeper meaning. And this is kind of like probably bleed into the Neil Breen Award when we get there. Um, but for me, it's, you know, we embellish and tell lies about ourselves uh, because we're scared that our lives are too bland and uninteresting mm. because only interesting stories get remembered. No one ever wants their legacy or lack thereof to be forgotten. 
uh, you know, wasted time and fear of a life not live seem to be the two biggest reoccurring themes in the entire movie. Mm -hmm. And it's yep. something that when they happen, that's what hits me super hard. And I mm -hmm. wish for the love of God, they would have leaned a little more into it because there are there's because it's like clearly that's like what he's going for kind of thematically with some stuff. And it's like if you would have done a little bit more like playfulness with the like, is he a CIA agent or having things bleed together a little bit more then it is like, you know, if you I just want that desperation a little bit more. Because like I've never read the book, but it's like it makes me wonder like if in the book there's a little bit more desperation of like, yeah, it was the host of a TV show. And like, yeah, man, I had like some really fluffy like reality TV kind of things. But no, no, no. I was somebody. I was a hitman. I was like, no, no, this is important. Like, this mm -hmm. is me. Look at me, please. Like, that's kind of seems to be the theme. Like, and that's also, you know, that final speech about the old game. Yeah. It's yeah. like, that's what that is. It's just like, yeah, like. And that's kind of how the book came about was that after his, you know, long TV career. Despite having all that success, he holed himself up in a hotel room for two years mm -hmm. and wrote that book as, as maybe a, a way to try and reinvent himself to like cover up the fear that he didn't live his life to the fullest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, which I wonder if like the because again, we'll never know because that Kaufman script I don't think exists anymore. But like, <laughs> I wonder because Kaufman loves to do shit like that, like with Schenectady, New York and mm -hmm. like, um, oh, what is it called? Um, it's on the tip of my tongue. It's not I think you should leave because that's the amazing sketch comedy show. But it's uh <laughs> Malkovich? Uh, what was that? Malkovich? No, it's the one that they put out for Netflix not that long ago that I uh, feel like nobody watched. But oh, the is, one? Yeah. The, I'm thinking fucking of incredible. Yeah. I'm thinking I of think Anythings is so yeah. fucking good. <laughs> and it is, it's got those elements that I feel like because they weren't in this ended up in later works. Mm, sure. Uh, Hans Gruber, Deathfall Award? Yeah. Um, I feel like there's an easy one, but my favorite death is uh keeler strangling the agent in germany <laughs> colbert yeah that's yeah. what i wrote down it's like, uh, take great. my picture take my picture, take, take and he's picture. Like, the fuck like <laughs> no and then he's like dude like just like you know kind of gives him the like look dude if you don't take this picture you're next like take the fucking <laughs> yeah, picture, the, the, the picture. yeah that was great um yeah i mean yeah you know I, I, yeah that, that one's that's a good one um i i just had the um i just had julia roberts death scene. yeah patricia yeah. um, yeah. patricia thank you that's her name yeah patricia yeah um i mean just because you know that dead funny it, it caught me off guard i don't catch me off guard because i was like wait a minute like he's still alive right like why is he dying and, and you know up until this time in the film they hadn't you know done any of those like oh but that's not really what happened kind of right. moments so i was like Switchers, how are they gonna yeah. you know and then it's like oh no he just switched the glass mm -hmm. that's again so. like Again, I'm just going to I'm sorry to be so fucking nitpicky with this one, but it's like this movie is one of those things where it's like it is good and I do still enjoy it. But there's just like oh, it could be like this much better. Mm -hmm. Like there's that bit where they show him getting married mm -hmm. and then it's like I do. And then you hear like the fucking funeral bells and you see the Barris written on like, you know, it does. There's no information about a wedding. It's just like Barris like mm -hmm. 1230 and you see the fucking hearse pull away and then they come out. Yeah. That would have been so much stronger mm. if you had him on the floor, you know, and her making her final monologue where she tells him, you know, she does the fucking Bond villain come clean <laughs> and all that. And he like he says something maybe like one of his like very fucking uh, depressive like m lines of dialogue. And then all of a sudden <laughs> like, oh, shit, he's dead, like funeral. And then we see him coming out. And then you could do like a cut back mm -hmm. into the actual scene and be like, well, this is what really happened. I That's I don't know. There's a lot of those moments that yeah. I was like, oh, things would be so much punchier with just like a couple little just, you know, we just cut here and mm -hmm. move this scene here. Mm -hmm. But again, you know, don't touch my movie. Jack. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> 
Uh, controversial hot take. Yeah, this might be my last episode. <laughs> <laughs> you had a good run, man. That's was, the hottest take, probably. Um, <laughs> I got one, but I'll, uh, if anyone else wants to go first. Go for it, Chuck. Okay. Uh, don't strangle me, Luke. Um, but this is a very watered-down Paul Thomas Anderson movie, is how I felt about it. Like I was like, I'm very glad that Clooney directed because he drug it by its bootstraps out of development hell mm-hmm. like this movie would not exist without him we also wouldn't have Rockwell without him and I think like this movie without Sam Rockwell would be a crime mm-hmm. but if like PTA or like Fincher got their hands on this I feel like there's certain things that would just be so much like just ugh, like just you know it, it would give me that little like those little punches that I want um, and it does have a very PTA feel to a lot of like the 60s revival stuff mm-hmm. which i will get to when we get to our um pairings sure because there's a movie that this reminded me of so much that i was like oh yeah like god damn what would it be like if pta made this hmm. I, I've, I guess i would say we're on hot take right yeah, mm, yeah. <laughs> i'm not the biggest pta fan that's okay oof yeah uh <laughs> I, I do love his movies but it's a bit uh one trick pony yeah i mean the ones that i love i love that's the thing um mm. and, I, be... and I, I yeah i'm not knocking him in any way yeah but like i don't, I don't see an evolution in any way mm. yeah but i also I, I could also say i haven't studied him that much but like i don't flock through his movies i like them mm-hmm. i almost had a pta pick for my next movie oh yeah, yeah. yeah won't say anything but i almost had it we're, we're doing two two Charlie Kaufman movies, <laughs> Eternal Sunshines. Yeah. Right, right, Kaufman right, right, movies, right, right. Like, Maybe I should change mine. We should just do, just a, do Kaufman. <laughs> I was just going to fuck it, dude. Do Schenectady. I love that movie. There you go. Um, but, yeah. um, but I wrote down for a controversial hot take, um, Sam's ass. Great butt. Oh, yeah. I don't even know that's, I feel like that's renowned. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know it was that good, but I, I yeah. Don't, I don't see a lot of dudes' butts, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, he no, rocks no, it very no well. CGI on that one. It's just... Uh, just all out there and like i don't know like do you remember sam rockwell from movies before this i don't that's what i'm saying because like, he's only been in he's been in a few really good ones but mm-hmm. i remember him from teenage Mutant ninja turtles no fucking way he's the he's the lead uh what's the uh the foot clan oh he's, he's one of the lead thugs. he's a foot clan guy yeah holy, he's, holy he's, shit <laughs> he's the leader when they go into their lair for the first time that's incredible and he's also in this film called basquiat which is about uh the the artist yeah mm-hmm. um and he's just a a thug okay in that movie too he just like has a very small bit scene and like that's where i knew him from and then i, I started seeing him in these kinds of movies mm. and i was like yeah he's got fucking he's got so much i don't know he can act oh he's amazing oh he's uh, yeah. fucking great yeah um he also has the um okay so i know samuel L. jackson is the master of motherfucker right right Sam Rockwell is the master of fuck. Yeah. Anytime he yeah. says fuck, it's, it's pretty, the best. He just pretty good. Fuck. I don't. You just. I don't know. But <laughs> I, I. I know. You know. When I was watching the movie last last night, I was like, oh yeah. You know. And I started thinking of other times and other films, and I'm like, yeah, he does. Like, you just there's something about you just put so much flavor on it. It's great. Mm-hmm. I love it. <laughs> Tastes great every time he serves it up. <laughs> yeah, I guess the only you know quote 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 hot take that I have, which kind of you know ties into what we've already said, what Chuck just kind of covered a little bit of like you know not being punchy enough i feel like sam rockwell wasn't sam rockwell enough right but you know like i wish he had been more you know which again i I think he tried too hard to be chuck barris yeah he was Mm. he was not going quite method but he was studying really hard he like lived Mm. with them for a couple months oh did he oh yeah yeah. okay before he even auditioned yeah to like get his mannerisms and 
Yeah, yeah. Things like yeah. that. He wanted this too. So, mm-hmm. uh, time for another Spider Man award. Could this be remade? Or, I mean, <laughs> the, the, I mean, would you stick to the story or would you kind of uh, change it a bit? Or, I think for my remake idea, I would just love to see Kaufman's original script to the letter. Mm hmm. And just like put that in capable hands, um, whether like Clooney wants to take another stab at it and just have it be like, OK, like I'm going to do all my cool stylistic shit. I'm just going to like but we're going to follow like to the letter or putting it in the hands of someone who like isn't necessarily a good writer, but is a great director, you know, like someone like a Fincher or like Aronofsky or someone like that, where it's like, oh, yeah, like, you know, it's PTA, yeah. PTA mm-hmm. someone like that, yeah. where it's like, oh, and it's like, you know, I, Ooh, Michael Mann. Michael Mann would be amazing. Yeah, yeah we'd have a heat. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> heat confessions. I love it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm down for seeing other versions. Yeah, that's the yeah. thing, too, is it's like because it's a book, too. I'm always like anytime there's mm. multiple versions of a movie based on a book, I'm mm. always like much less like foam at the mouth, like don't touch my movie because I'm like, oh, yeah, dude, like, yeah, this is uh, this is a fucking Shakespeare play. Like they can make it as many times as they want. This sure. is a book. This is totally fine to do, you know, and I, I kind of think it has been. I can't think of any titles right now, but there are. And it, like I think you probably haven't have the movie that reminded you of it from earlier. This movie's been made before, mm-hmm. so um, yeah, I, I would say I'm ready for another one. Yeah, why not? I, I love it so much. I would happily exactly watch another one. And if anything, just prove you right. If it the if the new one really <laughs> sucks, then it's like okay, well we tried, and like Luke was right the whole time. Well, I, yeah. Well, there's that. But, uh, <laughs> no, but I think it could be updated for today too. Like, oh yeah, a lot of these references are from like you and me. We're probably the only people who've or, you know ever seen the Gong Show or yeah. reruns of it. Or, or you watched it, right? You watched the Gong Show? No, I did not. Did, was it you? I watched the shit out of the Dating Game and Newlywed Game. Yeah, I've seen too. clips of the Gong Show, okay. but it was like, but also like I don't know. I I'm a fucking weirdo. I used to love uh, the game show network, like. I never had it as an actual channel like mm-hmm. when I had cable, but like I would go to my friend's house or like my dad's or something like that and be like, oh, hell yeah, we're watching fucking 70s reruns of Family Feud or like, you mm-hmm. know, uh, let's a, make a deal. Like, a let's ten, do it. Was it $60,000 pyramid or whatever? Yeah, like $10,000 $10, pyramid. pyramid. Yeah, that's not a lot of money. <laughs> it was back then. Uh, be kind. Please rewind award. Would you recommend this to anybody? Um, again, I mean, if it was something that was, you know, kind of up their alley, um, yeah. for sure, you know, like, like, again, you know, because I, you know, again, I, it's totally, totally noir, like I get it, you know? So if I was talking to someone, you know, who likes things in that vein, I'd be like, Hey, check my buddy really likes this. Check it out. Like, you mm-hmm. know, I saw it, it's, you know, so for I sure, agree. for sure, for sure. I, I wouldn't be like, don't watch this. <laughs> I think even the star power of the people that are in this has, has changed and, and faded, not faded so much, but it's gone to a different generation of people so far now. It's like 20 years old. Mm-hmm. That, that, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, like, you couldn't show it to someone uh, like a teenager today. Oh, no, no, you know, no, no. It, it just wouldn't make sense or it wouldn't land. I don't know, but I would recommend it. I mean, that's just me. Yeah, I'd recommend it. Um, if you like haven't already seen it, it's, you know, has its flaws, but overall, it's a really fun, stylish pseudo biopic. And Sam Rockwell's fucking spectacular. Um, mm-hmm. That being said, again, this might be my last podcast. Might be my final <laughs> rewatch. I don't know. I just like, <laughs> I still enjoyed it this time around, but I just like, ah, like, you know, when you sometimes you revisit something and it just kind of like takes it down a peg. 
just a touch. It was like one of those for me where I was like, oh, it's like, I don't love this as much as I used to. You know, it's going to be on my TV every time you come over to my house. That's okay. <laughs> hey. <laughs> You're just giving me an excuse to watch oh, it more. Yeah, dude, that's so funny. Uh, the Neil Breen Struggle for Relevance Award. Again, not, not to, you know, themes, eh, whatever. Uh, I put down killing is bad, dot, 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 question mark hmm. in Neil Breen fashion. You know, it's funny. When the movie first started, um, in, the, in sort of the direction that I kind of thought it was going in, um, I did see some parallels in between like just kind of the the ickiness of his shows and kind of what's going on currently with, you know, TV and like just super sexual. I mean, I don't know, but just everything super yeah. sexualized and the whole like, you know, they were they were freaking out over, you know, them being like, oh, the stuff they were saying on the dating show. And it's like now it's like, no, they're straight up sucking dick on TV. Like it's or whatever, uh, you know, like it's 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 always been this way. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, a good so, a good tie into that idea yeah. is good night and good luck. That's mm. that's a it's a it's a movie about um uh, like I think it was Hearst mm-hmm. like newspapers and radio, it's it's about journalism, but it's about uh, radio and about commercialism taking over. Mm-hmm. And instead of people just getting the news, they're getting entertainment out of it. So like commercials sell better when you have sensational stories versus yeah. people who want to deliver the news and like be responsible. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a really good film. It's just I think it's really important for media media literacy. Mm-hmm. From, you know, the 40s that people don't think about or know about today. Yeah. And it's got all these great people in it. And it's black and white. And I fucking love it. Mm-hmm. Everyone smokes. It's fucking oh, awesome. God. Bring it back. <laughs> I love seeing smoking in movies. Like, I don't smoke cigarettes, but when I see it, I'm just like, hell yeah. yeah. Like, you know what? Life is short, bud. Light up. <laughs> um, but yeah, for my, uh, yeah, the, the themes and relevance, I say yes. Uh, because, again, like. I feel like the overall theme of the films that keep getting touched on are like not wanting to be forgotten mm-hmm. and uh, not wanting to, you know, waste your potential yeah. and live a life of regret. And, you know, I, I, find uh, that, I find that really ironic because I I love this movie, but maybe I don't identify with it because I don't I don't catch those themes or feelings at all from no, it. Maybe I, I, I identify I know, I, with it too much. Well, yeah, <laughs> no, no, I picked up on that, too. Yeah, I know, was, that, yeah. I know that that's yeah. what they're going for, but yeah. I don't have those feelings. Like I, I think I'm connecting with it on a completely different level than even the themes that they try to try to promote. Well, like, good for you, Luke. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, yeah, no, I mean that's good. screw you guys. It's like hell yeah, way to have better mental health. <laughs> yeah, no, they had the whole line right about um about uh, uh what do you say? Yeah, you're 32 and you haven't accomplished anything. Yeah, right? that yeah. whole thing. Like, oh yeah, no, there's bits in this like oh god, like the fucking old man one is like mm. it's like is the Sam Rockwell movie gonna make me cry? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> rainy day pairing best double feature or uh you know movie to enjoy this under a blanket at home with some snacks and whatnot I, i'll be honest i couldn't think of one okay uh, so i'm gonna hand that off to you guys i got moon oh i fucking love moon you've seen you haven't seen moon moon is that the jared leto one no it's sam rockwell it's sam rockwell and sam rockwell and oh. sam rockwell oh yeah. no i know exactly what you're talking about for some reason i thought it was jared leto but and uh, yes i know and, what you're talking and, about. and unfortunately uh kevin spacey mm-hmm Oh. But only as a voice. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I know. I know of it. Yeah. That's right. Right. Talk. Talk about sad and depressing. Oh yeah. Uh, no, that movie's incredible. That's also like talk about fucking Sam Rockwell. Like that's yeah. like a powerhouse performance of just like okay, Sam. Like you wait. You know. <laughs> like you, they let him cook and then they let him cook and they let him cook. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're full, and he's like, "Well, too bad. I made dessert." And then uh, as a runner-up, I have choke. Oh yeah. Hmm. I haven't seen choke in a long time. I think I'm ready for choke again. Uh, I just remember like reading the book mm-hmm. and it was being, you know, 
my little disgusting edgelord self and just like really loving Polinic and being yeah. like, oh, well, the book's so much better. <laughs> but now I'm like. The, the books, I, I love that they're they're different. They're different, yeah. Because we get two. We get a exactly. great book and a great movie. Mm-hmm. It's like they don't have to be, sure. you know, derivative of each other Mm -hmm. or exact or whatever i just love them both so yeah um i kind of alluded to it earlier for my rainy day pick um a pta movie that this reminded me quite a bit of uh inherent vice okay i I do like that one i fucking love inherent vice that's on a that's a movie that the first time i saw it i was like oh it's pretty good and i kind of tuned out a little bit i think i might have been a little hungover or Mm -hmm. something but like the second time i watched it i was just like glued and enamored and i was like oh my god I think I, I think, like, I think I need to watch it a second time. Yeah, because like, I do remember liking it. Boogie Nights like was always like my favorite PTA movie, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. I saw fucking Inherent Vice. I think that's my favorite PTA movie, honestly. Wow, funny, yeah. funny. Not might, even might be my least favorite. Not even Punch Drunk Love. <laughs> Punch Drunk Love's great too, but <laughs> I don't know. There's just something about it. I don't I like know. Inherent Vice better. Yeah, I just right. do. I don't know. Yeah, again, going back to my Edge Lord uh, tendencies. <laughs> maybe I'm just a big Joaquin fan. I don't know. The Sonic Death Monkey Top Five. We've got a, a list of. Films with a deep emotional or esoteric relevance to this movie. Um, for our question this week, we have, uh, what are your top five all-time movies that have an unreliable narrator? Okay. So I, pretty much every movie that Luke loves is going to be on this list. <laughs> pretty, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I have, I have my top five and some runner-ups. So. Yeah. Okay. Some honorable mentions. Sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, I can go first. Yeah, go for um, My number five is Life of Pi. I uh, still haven't seen that. Oh. Can you, can you give me a... Yeah, it's basically just... Sell um, me on it. Yeah, it's uh, uh, an Indian boy and his family, right? And they get uh, stuck out at sea. Or there's, it's not a spoiler because that's basically the whole movie. Sure. And you know he's got to fend for himself out there. Okay. In the wreckage, basically. Cool. Well, well I mean, it. yeah, that's as far as I can go into it without. Yes, yes, no, that's but, fine. but that it, it fits the 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 category. And, right. Uh, I've, just, I've never, I've also never spoken to anybody about that movie. So, but mm-hmm. now that I know you like it, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll definitely check it. Yeah, out. Yeah, gorgeously shot too. If you can, if you can watch it on a bigger screen. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I remember studying the VFX for it. They did a yeah, lot of VFX with fantastic. the tiger and stuff. So, yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, for number four, I got Forrest Gump. Ooh. Ah. Yeah, I I'm, I have to be that guy. You don't trust. I have to you, be that guy. you don't trust Forrest. <laughs> you don't believe everything he said. What? I don't want to sound like an ableist, but no, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, yeah, it's, it's it's fantastic. It's like you know, it's an adorable, you know, unreliable narrative, but it is. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. I have it on there. Um, number three, Grand Budapest Hotel. Nice. Yeah. Didn't even think about that. I fucking love that movie. I do you're, too. You are right. Yeah. You are well, definitely right. Yeah, yeah. And I just, I figured it. it I mean, I don't know if it 100 percent counts, but I figure since like a retelling I, I, of a retelling, I completely like, forgot. Like pretty much yeah. all of Wes Anderson's films are narrated. So mm-hmm. I'm like, and they're all yeah, like yeah. unreliable narrators for yeah. the most part because it Damn. is just like someone right. looking at it with rose glasses or yeah. like yeah. with fucking Grand Budapest. It's reading a book yeah. that is then yeah, like that's yeah. the layers on layers. Yeah, right. really good pick, man. Which I'm gonna check out Asteroid City tonight. So. Oh, is that oh, yeah. come out today? Yeah, yeah it's it out today. Yeah. Of, okay, well, I know what I'm it. doing Monday yeah. or Monday. Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh, my God. I'm so hyped. Um, number two, which my number two is probably what what may have kind of not ruined this movie for me, but, you know, this and other things similar is the uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Mm, That's my okay. number two. And again, just because I, I a lot of what I assume is embellishment or, sure. or that question of like, is it or is it, did it not happen? And just like how, you know. It very well, it very well could have, you know, with just the insane disgusting amount of wealth that's yeah. around like nowadays, mm-hmm. like, yeah. you know, um, and it's just it's a fucking fantastic movie. And even though it's three hours, you know, three plus hours long, I will watch it any day of the week, yeah. anytime, any time. Yeah. It's yeah. fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, and the number one, which is one of my favorite movies is uh, Big Fish. Nice. Big good, Fish. Good it just, one. It gets really me. It one. gets me. And it's just, yeah. you know, it's, 
that's the whole essence of the story is the unreliable narrator yep. and like yeah yeah really good that was that was almost on my list i i, I want to rewatch that one again for sure Go for it, Chuck. Okay. I was like, I, uh, you know, I tried to go more Luke Loaned on this one. A little, uh, <laughs> well, as far as like, just like, because there's like, I'll see what you yeah. got. Well, there's like three big ones that come to mind. And I was like, I'm not going to do those three. <laughs> like, just, well, just because it's like, you know, it's so like, you're calling I, me a sellout. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, like, and it's okay if Fight Club is on your list, but it's like uh, it's one of those two. It's yeah. one of those things, though, where I'm like, you know, of course you should see Fight Club. But I'm trying to recommend yeah. some other stuff. Um, number five, which is kind of, in the and I'm gonna do no spoilers for any of these other than just mention that number five is kind of in the Fight Club vein. Uh, high tension. Oh, fuck! It's, it's so good. a yes. hyper violent. I forget. There's like a term for it. it's a French extreme. I think is what they called that yeah. movement. But yeah, it's a hyper violent French extreme film about two girls um, staying at a cabin who are terrorized by a serial killer, for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. And without any spoilers, it's fucking gnarly. It's beautifully shot. It also like explores like queerness and like vulnerability and like all these like Mm -hmm. things that I hadn't seen in a movie like that. Cause this is like in the era of like Saw and Hostel and all that. And not to say that it's not in that vein. Yeah. But it's like, oh, you can do one of those and have something to say. Holy shit. This isn't just like, like look at her like fucking teeth getting cut out, you know? so good it's so good um my number four was wolf of wall street nice like uh i fucking love that movie with a passion and uh i just i remember the first like scene that's and it's one of the scenes that always sticks out in my mind aside from benny fucking hana is um (laughs) when he's like talking about his opulence and he's like yeah like i had a blue but it's like no it was red no it was white no it was and the you're watching the car change colors like in front of you it was so fucking brilliant like i was just like okay like it also just tells you exactly what you're in for yeah yeah uh number three is my favorite lifetime channel original movie um it's called gone girl uh (laughs) it literally is david fincher making a lifetime original movie um and it's so fucking good. Like just like yeah. the flipping of narrators too, without any. And again, I don't want to give any spoilers for any of these things if mm. no one's seen them. But I, I still need to watch it. It's like, so good. Ooh, it's ooh, the ooh, way no. they flip yeah. narration between Ben Affleck and Rosemary Pike is mm-hmm. fucking like. Yeah, it's, it's like yeah, dude. It's David. Fin- there's a reason Rosemary. why David Fincher is who he is. Like he's just you know in another class. Yeah. My number two is a movie that I does not get enough love. No one talks about it really. Annihilation. Oh, Natalie Portman. Yeah. Oh, okay. I haven't seen that one. I think it's uh, Alex Garland. Alex Garland yeah. yeah, who did Ex Machina. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, doing and the books are great too. If you ever get a chance to read the books, they're phenomenal. Um, but yeah, it's a insane, like sci-fi epic essentially. Uh, and the whole time, and again, I don't no spoilers, mm-hmm. but the whole time you're like, okay, like there's little bits of the story that you're kind of clued in on that you're like, oh, that's kind of weird for her to say, mm-hmm. or like this or that, and then it's like you're kind of like you know it's breadcrumbing you the entire time and then when the twists happen you're like oh and it's like much like alex garland's movies like Mm -hmm. they just leave you with and that's kind of his thing it's definitely his his auteur his niche is just this kind of like heavy breath dread and like questioning you know uh what is humanity at the Mm -hmm. end of the day like it's just ah god anyways yeah go check out annihilation (laughs) if you haven't seen it and then talk about a wild card um my number one is an anime Uh those aren't allowed. I know. It's a feature, it's a feature length anime, so it counts. Uh, it's Perfect Blue. 
I, I just learned about that film the other day. Ooh, I don't know that one. Dear God. Perfect um, Blue. Perfect yeah. Blue. I, it's in my like top five favorite animes of all time. Um, it is essentially, without any spoilers, it is basically a predated Black Swan, like the mm-hmm. Aronofsky movie. Um, but yeah, it's a woman dealing with the pressures and troubles of fame, to put it very politely, um, and no spoilers. And yeah, it's just talk about like, if you want to see like horror animation like done right it's like oh god it's just fucking unnerving nice yeah it's yeah, so good. I read, read some great things about that last night I, I just learned about it yeah that was a movie that like when i when i saw it i was like so mad that i hadn't seen it mm. prior like it was one i was like this came out in 97 and i'm just seeing this i'm like <laughs> i hate myself yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> i feel like chuck barris wasted potential here <clears throat> all right for my uh top five with an unreliable narrator I had to think long and hard about this, and I do have Fight Club at, at number two. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. That movie's mm-hmm. yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's 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 one of the it's like seminal in my film upbringing. Oh, we will well, do it on the show. Don't worry. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's like everyone's. It's been talked about to death and all mm-hmm. that. But yeah. it's but it's been important in my filmmaking ideology. I don't know the, sure. way, the way I think about movies and narration and stuff like that. But uh, for number five, I have The Machinist. Ooh. Ooh. I haven't seen that in a long time. Which, which kind of is spoilery to give it a, an unreliable, unreliable narrator label. But if you haven't seen it, too bad. Watch it. It's good. Mm-hmm. Number four, The Sixth Sense. Yeah. <gasps> kind of obvious, but... I was on my way. Spoiler mind. alert. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that kind of... I mean, again, that came out around the same time as Fight Club, and it was yeah. like, wow. It was, yeah. it was films that just blindsided everybody. He's been chasing that dragon ever since. <laughs> <laughs> Old Shemalama Ding Dong. He's just yeah. like, oh, fuck. Yeah. And uh, number three with uh, apologies to Peter Green, the uh, un, uh, usual suspects. Yeah. Mm. And uh, the, the apology is because Peter Green was in Blue Streak. And I forgot to mention that <laughs> yeah. he was in fucking usual suspects uh, in the yeah. usual suspects segment. Right. <laughs> Um, number two is Fight Club. Number one, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. I'm sorry. There you it's, go. It's my favorite. Sure, sure. One yeah. of my favorite films, anyways. Um, honorable mentions, Fallen. Yeah. Uh, I forgot about that movie. I was like, that's on that list of, and you can tell me to shut the fuck up at any yeah. point because um, I just do this all the time. Um, that's like on that list of movies that I have seen at a young age. You know, waking up in the middle of the night to get like a glass of water, can't get back to sleep, turn the TV on, and then you're like engrossed and you're like, oh, this was a terrible thing to take in at nine years old right now at 2 a.m. I don't think I've seen it. Which one is that one? So it's it's Denzel Washington. I I don't remember if he's a cop or detective or not, but he's trying to solve a murder and it ends up being supernatural. There's actually Mm -hmm. a a demon possessing people. Oh, the one with John Goodman. I don't remember if he's in it. Yeah. But um, but the, it transfers by touching people. Oh yeah, John so Goodman. Yeah, he's, he's yeah, John Goodman is like the second lead. Okay. In that. Yeah, yeah, he's in that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, that, oh wow. And, and it's being. And I forgot about and, that. And yeah. You, you, don't, you don't know throughout the movie because you're following Denzel. Yes. At some point, Denzel becomes possessed, and you don't mm-hmm. know. Yes. So it's like, whoa. Yeah. That's right. I have seen that. and That's great. Yep. Also have uh, American Psycho. Mm-hmm. I forgot that that was actually narrated by Patrick Bateman. Yeah. But uh, yeah, totally love it. Um, and then Eternal Sunshine, mm-hmm. just kind of. I have to mention yeah. it in every episode we do anyways. So, so hey. Yeah, that's true. You get to mention it uh, at nauseum pretty soon here because yeah. uh, I'm doing that one. It would be ironic if I didn't mention it at all during, <laughs> during the episode where we're supposed to talk about it. I think I got nothing to say, man. It fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Just man up, Joel. Man up. 
Uh, on to the epilogue. I don't want to throw you guys a curveball, but uh, I'm going to let this live. Yeah. What? Is, uh, you sure? I'll, I'll be watching this again probably tomorrow. No. Nice. <laughs> hey. I, I want to rewatch the scene of, of Keeler and Barris at, at the bar again because, mm-hmm. like, there's something else in there, too. It's just, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. And, like, uh, the, the, I want to find the, the verse that Keeler reads from the Bible because I actually have, like, a similar verse tattooed on my back. Mm. Oh, nice. It's uh, the, the, the the message is you can't take anything with you when mm-hmm. you die um but the one i have on my back is um naked man is born into the world and as he leaves so he departs mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. can take nothing with him right right but like that resonates with me but then the switch the switching of the glasses that was like it was very subtle and edited in such a way that you might you wouldn't notice unless you're staring at it mm. but uh yeah i don't know why i'm talking about it again but i'm probably gonna watch it again that's all good <laughs> yeah yeah that's awesome that's awesome <laughs> Yeah, I, I did, I did, I did like that too. And then what does he say afterwards? He's like, oh, is that so and so? And he's like, no, it's scripture. He's like, oh god, or just, say, just my favorite. Uh, we yeah. say it's my. Uh, we say, oh god, he's my favorite guy or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, something like. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, you know, from from my verdict. I mean, I, I want to say, you know, I want to say let it live because I'm I'm sitting across from from my, my good friend dude, Luke here. Dude, do whatever you, know, you want. But man. I mean, again, I don't. It's you know, just I, not your bag. Don't you worry know, about I want to I want to say kill it either. You know, because I want to say you know again not a terrible film i mean i got i mean i guess let it live it's not hurting anybody people enjoy yeah. it um well i think the verdict was, the verdict is is about whether or not it should be canceled yeah kind right. of deal i think not, canceled slash not, also not though like much. do we need to let this legacy live on is like another way to put it too okay because that was like kind of what the I forget what movie we did but there was one where we were just all kind of like wasn't necessarily offensive but we were just like eh, no, we don't need this in our lives <laughs> like, it's like <laughs> what's done is done yeah well let, let, let it live it's, it's let not it live. A, it's not a really well ironed out bit i'll admit but <laughs> yeah, i still i think it's great i still you know anything based in kill fuck mary i'm gonna yeah. support 110 <laughs> percent. all right um and yeah for me I, th- I want to let it live i think i'm gonna monitor it only because on this viewing although i did enjoy it I was just kind of like, I was hit with like a somberness that I had never been hit with this film in the mm. sense that I kind of had this somber moment of like, oh, I don't love this like I used to. Mm. This might be the last time I watch this because like, I don't want to force myself to like continue to like watch it and enjoy it um, in the sense that it's like, yeah, like it, I would rather just kind of like be like, oh, okay, like maybe this is how I feel about it. I'm going to like, I'm going to put her to bed because I don't want to grow to hate her kind of thing you know right on so yeah like i think yeah that's cool i, I think i'm gonna monitor it right on. and for the reason that it's a personal reason it's not like that it needs to be canceled or watched over or anything mm-hmm. like that i think everything you know it's just a gut feeling it's gut feeling and it's just yeah. you know it's a yeah not canceled it's fine right on like i said i've never been able to talk to anybody about yeah. this movie so i'm very curious to know what People think. Hey, I'm still happy to like go corner folks in a bar with you and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just pull it up on the iPad. Hey, yeah, exactly. watch, let's watch this in this loud bar. Oh God. <laughs> she had something like that happen. Uh, this is a total non sequitur. We can wrap it up if you want to cut this nah, out for Patreon. Um, but I had something like that happen where I was at work and I'm not going to name names. I don't even work at the place anymore. Um, but I was working with a guy who's very into Top Gun. Mm. and he, he was like dude 
Top Gun Maverick trailer just dropped. You watch it yet? And I was like, no. Like he was super hyped for it. Or like almost to like where it was like a meme, like where it was a bit he was doing. Mm-hmm. And he'd ask me all the time, he'd be like, no, man, I haven't watched it yet. And he's like, the f-, he's like, it's like a minute and a half. You tell me you don't have a minute and a half to spare, <laughs> da, 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 like kind of thing. And then I just kept dodging it. And uh, I got this like big coffee order. And so I was stuck like baristaing for a second. Like I was like steaming, like, you know, it's like, okay, we got an oat milk macchiato. We got this and that. I was making like nine different coffee drinks. Mm-hmm. And he just comes in and just hits play. And I see the Paramount logo and I'm like, oh, what the fuck are we doing, guy? And then he just literally puts the phone right there on the espresso machine and like i can't look away because i can't like you i can't run from it so i was like trailer. i watched the top gun trailer and all that and like served my coffee and felt like i'd been like lightly assaulted i was just like i remember like coming back to the bar and just him being like playing it off very casually like well so what'd you think man da, da, da. like huh, crew still got it right like, I, just, like I feel dirty i don't think i know you anymore can't look you in the eye when we surf drinks together. <laughs> Very good. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm th- thank you guys for indulging me with this. Oh, of course. Um, this is uh, uh, we've been wanting to do our own, you know, favorite movies. We, we you know we usually let our guests pick because it usually helps bring on people with enthusiasm. Exactly. <laughs> they, they can pick the movie they want to <laughs> yeah. watch. I think we're. I mean, we we'll still do that, but I think we're trying to turn the tide a little bit and actually like because we've got like a laundry list that keeps building of like we need to do this movie, we need to do this mm, movie. Yeah. And, only way we're going to get to them is if we actually do them. So I think we're going to start yeah. doing films we love or really want to discuss in the sense of like, wow, I, mm-hmm. ooh, the feelings are strong with this one. Love mm-hmm. or hate, we got to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pluggables, Javier's got some stuff yeah. going on over uh, there. Yeah, I'm uh, trying to get my page off the ground. So, um, yeah, I mean, if you go follow me, uh, on, I'm currently, best way to get it is on Instagram. It has a link to my letterboxd account so yeah go check go check it out it's um at the films are all right uh and you know it's basically just uh in the you know foreseeable future in the foreseeable future film reviews you know film news that kind of stuff current current film reviews. current, film, current yes current yeah. film reviews yeah Not so, so whatever stuck in the past yeah yeah whatever's currently out right now you know i'm gonna let you know should you waste your you know <laughs> is it a waste of time or should you go watch it so yeah it's awesome um, i love it yeah yeah i covered the flash last week so mm, nice um, go check that out yeah yeah that sounds lovely i uh i would like to be a part of something like that as opposed to just rehashing old movies no i'm uh, <laughs> just kidding i love this um i don't have a pluggable other than you should listen to this show it's great and uh support us on patreon or um you know you don't have to buy anything just um you know, give us a like, a thumbs up, share the podcast, tell people about it, you know, get the word out. That would be amazing. I'd like to counter what Chuck just said and suggest that you do need to buy. <laughs> yeah, something. actually, never mind. You do need to buy things. That's right. Um, also, speaking of buying things, if you uh, are a small business, if you've got an Etsy shop, if you uh, make a lot of really questionable Garfield deviant art you want eyes on, we are more than happy to, to give you some ad we, space we on have, our lovely program. We have space for you. Exactly. <laughs> Right on. <laughs> I think that covers begging for Patreon money. And there we go. Um, next episode. What are, doing, you guys, what are you guys thinking? Are you guys gonna you guys gonna thumb wrestle over uh, a flip uh, of a coin here? You have to, you'll have to remind me your choice. I actually forgot. Oh, your I, yeah. So I guess the next two episodes will be right. Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind and Death to Smoochie. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I'm I'm cool with either one. Um, Don't you waffle on me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we'll we'll be taking those and then. Uh, a very, very special episode of Detroit Rock City. Yeah. Later mm. on in July. That's right. Yeah. We'll be a video episode. Exactly. Nice. We'll be in full kiss makeup, we'll too, we'll just to extra sell it. <laughs> we'll be in full I am kiss super makeup. pumped, yeah. Hell, oh, uh, depending great. on which uh, member I get assigned, I might be in full attire, too. Might have to 
If I get That's the right. demon, I might have to build some pads. Gonna get some, gotta get some hair. <laughs> Can we exactly. have a uh, um, mushroom-topped pizza? Oh, is yeah. that that movie? That is that movie. Is that yeah, okay. Yeah. 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 yeah, let's do that. <laughs> All right, on. Well, thank you for listening. Um, I have been Luke Loans. I have been Chuck Starzensky. And I have been Javier Martinez. And we have been the Nostalgia Killers. Bang, bang. Bang, bang.